Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Good afternoon, Auburn. Welcome into Sports Call here today on this Thursday. Coming to you live from our studios here on South College Street. My name is JJ Jackson. A fun show lined up for you today as my pal Brant Daughtry and Brooks Childress will be here with me. We'll have our Covering the Bases segment with Eric McDade State Farm coming up towards the end of the show, talking about a variety of different topics from around the wide world of sports with our good pal Eric. If you would like to be a part of Sports Call, please give us a call. 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 9 tiger 9 to be on the program. We are taking your calls all show long and want to hear from you. A lot else to discuss as we get closer to Auburn football taking on Ole Miss. We've got postseason baseball updates to provide for you throughout the National League and American League. A big Braves victory last night that we're celebrating and more all on today's show. Branton, how are you? I'm fantastic, man. Like you said, big victory for the Braves. Braves, uh, big time needed that one really. Uh, it, just the way that game played out, it, it. They said on the radio broadcast last night, and I totally agree. It felt more like postseason baseball than game one did. Both pitchers locked in. You had two really good pitchers uh, go very deep into that game, and and the Braves got the two out rally when they needed it. And, and you know, which seems like that's all the Phillies did in the first game was go two out rally, two out rally, and build up a lead that the Braves just couldn't quite overcome. But like you said, massive win last night, a very fun game to watch. Um, And I was watching that one uh, while doing the high school coaches show with Tim Sin. He had his first foray into that show uh, last night, and that was a lot of fun doing the show with him. Uh, And yeah, like you said, the Braves were big, and I can't wait to talk with Eric later. He's... He doesn't work in sports like we do, but he's still so knowledgeable. He knows exactly what he's talking about, and he's really fun he's to talk to. He's a natural to. at this. Yeah, he's very, very good at doing He's coming radio. for our jobs, it feels like. <laughs> Make sure you support all his great stuff. Drivewitheric.com is what you need to visit. Uh, we see another National Football League week get started tonight. Pretty boring Thursday night matchup between the Commanders and the Bears. Ahead of a week, like we discussed with Joe Bartle of Rotowire on yesterday's program. If you missed that conversation, be sure to go back and listen to it on the Sports Call podcast brought to you by our friends at Coca-Cola. It opens up a week four, or excuse me, a week six of NFL matchups, Brant, that features amazing games like 4-1 and Kansas City versus 4-1 and Buffalo, 5-0 and Philadelphia versus 4-1 and Dallas. We've got a lot of really big matchups this week. Mm-hmm. You've just got a couple of clunkers, and it starts tonight with the Commanders and Bears. Yeah, that's it. As Thursday, I, I can't think of a Thursday night game where I went, wow, that was an all-timer. I'm really glad that was in primetime. Right. You know, you, it seems like you get a couple of those every every week with Sunday, and, or a couple of those every year between the Sunday and Monday games. But Thursday games have always just kind of been meh. And maybe that's because you're asking professional football players to play eight quarters of football in five days. That's a lot to ask of of the human body but uh, it's not going anywhere because Amazon paid 
several billions of dollars for <laughs> one game a week for the next couple of years. So it's it's the moneymaker, you know, so it's not going anywhere. But you're right. It is a big weekend in the NFL, uh, even if it doesn't come over to tonight's primetime game. I'll, I'm, I'll still be watching it, I'm sure. Yeah, we'll pull it on. Bears and Commanders a little bit later tonight. Uh, and then we've got SEC football matchups coming up this weekend. Auburn and Ole Miss. And then the big one that everybody is talking about, Alabama and Tennessee. A top 10 battle between these two teams. The Alabama Crimson Tide have never lost to the Tennessee Volunteers under head coach Nick Saban. 15-0 and all time against the Vols. This game will be played on Rocky top and we'll see whether or not this is the year that Tennessee can finally get it done. Tennessee and Auburn are the only two teams that have to play Georgia and Alabama every single year. Yeah. Tennessee just hasn't been able to beat Alabama. Yeah, and Tennessee's been down. I mean, Tennessee is such a historically successful program, but since 2009, which is when Nick Saban really began his run at Alabama, they haven't been very good. Uh, and you know, this is really – this feels I, – I, I hate buying into, oh, this team could beat Alabama because it, they usually can't. You know, unless it's Auburn or Ole Miss those two times, usually they cannot keep up with Alabama. But Tennessee has looked really good this year. I, I am starting to buy the hype on uh, Josh Heupel and Hendon Hooker. And I tell you what, if, if Tennessee does manage to win this game, I think Hendon Hooker is by far the Heisman favorite. I think he shoots himself into that conversation, but man, it, if there's ever a year, if not now, Tennessee, then when? You know, because it's still looking like Bryce Young is not going to play in that game. So your, your defense is going to have to step up a little bit, but you're not having having to face a Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, and the offense that Tennessee has is so good; it is so good. And they finally got good players, and they've got a head coach that seems to have figured things out. Now we said the same thing about Butch Jones, so obviously things can turn on a dime. But man, if there's ever a year that Tennessee can do it, it it's this year. It is this year. This is the best chance they've had since Saban got there. Let's see if they can make it happen this weekend, Alabama and Tennessee. And also, like we said, Auburn takes on Ole Miss Oh boy! every single week. www.thetiger.fm on our website featured throughout the sports section. We've got an opponent preview up featuring or against the Ole Miss Rebels uh, put together by Mr. Brant Daughtry. What can you tell us here, Brant? That's me. Um, Ole Miss... Their offense is not as good as it was last year, but it's still pretty darn good. Uh, Jonathan Mingo is a wide receiver. Not Tennessee. Ole Miss has had a string of just massive, super talented wide receivers. Uh, Laquan Treadwell, DK Metcalf. uh, The the latest in the line is a guy named Jonathan Mingo, uh, and he had 250-something yards against Vanderbilt receiving last week as well as two touchdowns. So he's really, really good. Their quarterback is not Matt Corral. Matt Corral was... You know, a Heisman finalist, and and this guy's not going to be that. Jackson Dart is a sophomore transferred over from USC. Yeah, uh, but he's doing well enough. You know, he's he's a capable quarterback with really good weapons around him and in, in a Lane Kiffin system. And I'm just absolutely in love with Lane Kiffin, and I'm going to keep saying yeah. that because it's going to continue to be true. Uh, but you know, Ole Miss is really really good. Uh, their defense is still not wonderful, but it's better than it was last year by a lot. Uh, their defensive end, Sam Williams, uh, he's a kid from, um, I think he's from Lee. I think he's from Lee of uh, up in Montgomery. So uh, a local kid, but he went to JUCO. 
um, and then tr- then went to Ole Miss after one year in junior college, and he's just been getting better and better. And last year he set the school record for sacks in a season and already has broken that record through six games. So he's pretty darn good, and he's gotten better. And, and as we all know, Auburn's pass protection is not exactly something to be proud of. So, man, I'm – Ole Miss matches up pretty well with Auburn in this game, but Auburn has lost three times ever in Oxford. Yeah, They have won the last six matchups and I think eight of the last ten that Auburn has played against Ole Miss. So, heck, it, it, Auburn has dominated this rivalry. I think they lead it 35-10, to 10, 35 wins to 10 losses over against Ole Miss. But, man, Ole Miss is just in a really, really good spot right now. No denying that whatsoever. You mentioned all the great wide receivers. Mingo is going to be a dynamic player to watch for the Rebels coming up on Saturday. Uh, Laquan Treadwell, like you said, DK Metcalf, AJ Brown. I mean, they've, they've had some. One. They've had some dudes there at wideout. What I want you to do before we go to our first break and start to take phone calls, these opponent previews that you're doing. Tell the listener how they're constructed, what they can find if they go to the Tiger.fm. Right. So uh, I always open with like, here's what this this head coach has done here's his history with this school um here's what they look like this year here's their overall numbers as a team i'll do a little blurb about the quarterback because everyone wants to know about the quarterback uh and then i'll give two players to watch for one from the offense and one from the defense this week i did go with jonathan mingo and sam williams because i think those are the two biggest names uh even though there are a couple of offensive guys you can go with and, and a couple more guys on the defense that are really good they've got a linebacker whose name I can't remember, but he's a senior and he's been playing for forever and he's he's got over a hundred tack not over a hundred tackles, but he leads the team in tackles by a good bit right now. So he's a very good player. Um, yeah, so check it that. out. And then and then, uh, then I put a little blurb at the end that's kind of here's here's my overall thoughts on this game and what it means for both teams and you know that's it that's that's how it's constructed so go look i'm distracted because i'm watching baseball it's playoff baseball time braves with a big win last night mariners and astros playing currently we'll be back with you in a moment here on tiger 95.9 fm Want to join our conversation? Tweet us your thoughts on Twitter at SportsCallAU. I'm Sammy Coates, former Harvard football player and all SEC wide receiver, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. All right, welcome back into Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson inside the studio with Brant Daughtry and Brooks Childress. If you want to be a part of the show, give us a call, 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 9 tiger 9 We want to hear from you. That's our goal in all of this is to hear from you. So without further ado, let's go to the phone lines and joining us now, first caller due up today, James from Montgomery. James has called into Sports Call. Hi, James. James, can you hear us? All right. I think we have lost James. No problem there. We'll go to our next caller, Do Up on the Line. And joining us here on the program now, we've got our good pal. Ward Damn Steve. Retired Ward Damn Steve has called into the program. Let's try this one. Hello, Steve. You guys hear me? Steve, we got you. Hey, do you hear me? I'm in here. Yes, we can. Can you hear us? 
I hear you. Awesome. What's up? Okay, guys. Uh, I know you were going to talk about uh, some of your, uh, I guess, uh, points of how could we win the game. And all I'm asking, guys, is that we just beat the point spread. Well, Steve, I don't even know what the point spread is in this game. I, I would imagine it's 15. It's 15? 16? Yeah. That's fair. I, I think Auburn can beat that. I don't know if they will. Well, uh, I also thought we were going to beat the 30 point uh, that we would be given against uh, Georgia last week, too. No, I, I did not. But uh, well, well, what do I know, right? Uh, but here's what I do want to tell you. Uh, I've read this, and this is from, from uh, Christian Clemente. Uh, it's inside Confidential. And this is about recruiting, guys. Okay. Which Auburn has fallen off, I mean, into an abyss, a black hole. He says right here, uh, the person asked him about Auburn's uh, coordinators, they're recruiting. Well, he said this. Uh, offensive coordinator Eric Keesaw. Defensive coordinator Jeff Schmedling and special teams coordinator Rock Bellantoni, uh, if they've been on the road yet, he was asked about them. He said, to which I answered, he said, they have, they have not. He said, Auburn has meetings on Friday nights for the game, which the coordinators are required to attend. He was asked, is that normal? He said, yes, it is normal for meetings to be on Friday night ahead of the game. What is not normal, however, according to sources uh, in the program. So he goes on to say, these people have not been on the road once, not once, guys, since this fall. And those people are Will and Brad Bedell. Now, guys, uh, what do you make of that? Not great. You've got to find a way to get your uh, all coaches out on the road. And the fact that those uh, names keep coming up that they haven't been, uh, that's a lack of leadership, I would imagine, from the coaching staff to, to or the head coach to make sure his guys are out on the road recruiting. That's not acceptable whatsoever. I, I can't even uh, a plausible uh, justification for not having been on the road, guys. Uh, I, I, you know, I know you had you know, uh, Andy Birchman on the other day, and I, I, I run that by him. Well, you know, what does he know about any of that, and why is that be, uh, happening the way it is? Uh, I don't know if he would know the answer to that or not, uh, but I sure would ask uh, Coach Harson about that. So anyway, that's the information. And then the first forecasters today, guys, for the first time ever, I'm sorry, nobody picked us to win. Nobody, nobody, no one. I've never seen that happen since they've been doing this when we played an Ole Miss or Mississippi State team. Yeah, we mentioned yesterday Auburn's won 11 of 13 games against Ole Miss in particular. They, they have had a couple of struggles over the years against Mississippi State teams. The, the Dak Prescott games come to mind for me. But, uh, yeah, the fact that Auburn has won six straight against Ole Miss and won 11 of 13 in the series, I'm really, really, really surprised uh, that we've gotten to a point where Ole Miss is the popular selection. And, you know, of course, so, so I mentioned to you the other day, you know, what has happened, because they've only won three times against Auburn uh, at their place at Oxford. And those three times, they'll result in what? In a coach being fired or resigning. Correct. Okay. So moving on with those guys, and then Jason Caldwell did some stats, uh, which I will, not, I will not torture you with, but we have regressed this last year uh, in terms of the offensive defensive um, statistics categories uh, compared to Ole Miss and compared to even to ourselves. Uh, so that is not boding well. And, uh, you know, right now, you know, for us to go to um, a bowl game, I, I can only say there's only one bowl game I think that we definitely guaranteed to go to, okay? What's that? The Iron Bowl. 
Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, we're okay. <laughs> that's a good joke. Okay, I'm trying to be a little bit humorous there, guys, because uh, otherwise I become really depressed and angry. Uh, and, and what does it cover our football? Program? I think so many people have gotten to that stage, Steve, that they do become depressed and angry a little bit hearing some of these things. All right, and uh, then I saw this article. I said, "Wow, let me." You know, they talk about Auburn. Uh, it comes from Stephen Smith's first take. I don't know if you've seen it yet. Uh, he said he's not heard, heard anything good about this coach. I said, well, it must be probably about uh, Harson, But it's not. It's about who? Coach Brian Kelly. Have you read his comments? This was from who? From Stephen Smith on his first take podcast, I guess, on ESPN. Stephen A. Smith? Yeah, no, yeah. I, I, uh, I have it. No, wow. What, did, what does that well, say? But here's, here's what he said on the show. He said, I'm not hearing anything good about Brian Kelly. And here's what he said. I'm hearing the following. The players ain't fond of him. The administration ain't fond of him. The fans ain't fond of him. And the town ain't fond of him. I said, well, uh, I thought you could have said that maybe about, uh, you know, our coach. Sheesh. But uh, uh, I didn't know that, uh, that he uh, had those kind of, I guess, heard those kind of comments about uh, Brian Kelly. So I guess it could always be uh, worse somewhere else, right, guys? Right. Right, yeah. Okay. Jeez. Uh, moving on, guys. And this really, and I'm so glad that the Braves finally pulled it out last night. Uh, with three runs, right? Uh, that uh, against a pitcher that uh, Zach Wheeler has been dominant. Yes, and they finally were able to break through with those three runs in the sixth, all with two outs. Really good two out hitting by Atlanta uh, to walk away with that win. So the series is now tied at one. Right, and then the unexpected. The Padres upset the Dodgers. I was a little surprised by that. Yeah, now that series is even as they go to San Diego. Right. All right. And then, guys, I'm going to leave you finally with this. You know, I, I don't ever, in fact, I, I don't ever like to bring politics to these shows. Right. In fact, I, I really uh, just just want to avoid it. Same. However, when it, when it, involves, when it involves sports, it involves, uh, to me, Auburn uh, and our university, uh, I, I, I have to bring this up. And then after this, I won't do it anymore. But there's an article, and I'm I'm, I suspect maybe you've seen or not seen on L.com, and it's, it's entitled Farmer Auburn Star on Tuberville's Reparation Remark. Have you read that column? I actually haven't, Steve. I haven't got a chance to do that. Well, I knew what Tuberville said, and that was to me was uh, was really wrong. Um, I, I can't you know believe he he just demonized a population that uh, he used to coach. And I'm talking about black people. He demonized them, and he insulted them. Uh, but a fantastic former football coach who played on defense for us uh, was asked about the comments that uh, Tuberville made uh, about blacks and saying that they were broke uh-huh. crime and all that. And here's what he said. Carlos Dansby was, who responded. He said, what Tuberville said was unnecessary, dead wrong, and ugly. Yeah. And... and I definitely agree with that. And to me, uh, those what what uh, Tuberville said to me uh, just uh, to me uh, disgraces uh, the Auburn Creed and also Auburn University itself. So with that, guys, I won't bring that up anymore. But I it just it just made me uh, it just bothered me so that is much frustrating. That I, yes, I had, infuriating. I, had, I wanted to bring it up, especially uh, when. The majority, I say, what seventy five percent of the players that he coached uh, were not white. Yeah, and I absolutely adore player coach relationships, and I always hate to see those strained. So, all right, uh, that's all I got, guys. I do appreciate uh, your 
You're taking my phone call. And again, I assure you, I will not bring up that subject any, anymore. I just felt like to, to just let you know that, you know, uh, I, I only was not offended by it, um, but so at least was one black yeah. football player um, who obviously felt to the need to, to be uh, in print to say what he said about uh, what was said about black people in general. So with that said, guys, thank you for your time. I know my time is way, way up. Uh, you're always appreciated for your graciousness and your patience with me. So with that said, you guys have a safe afternoon and evening, and uh, tomorrow we'll talk about uh, what's coming up on the weekend. And uh, I do I do give a reasonable, I think a more realistic chance than most people do for Tennessee pulling the upset over Alabama. Yeah, we'll talk about it. And the Braves play during the show tomorrow, so we'll be able to talk about that game going on what as well. So we'll game? I think they play at 2.30, I think is the first pitch. 2.30, okay. All right, guys. Have a safe afternoon. War Eagle always. War Eagle. Thank you so much, Steve. That's retired War Dam Steve joining us on the program. 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 9 tiger 9 to be on Sports Call as we go to the phone lines. James from Montgomery. James has called into the program today. Hi, James. Hello, and War Eagle. War Eagle, sir. Yeah, I have been listening to a lot of NFL news, and I just want to get it right off the, um, right off the table as okay. well. Okay, what you got? About... I have about the owner that owns the uh, Washington Commanders. I mean, he really should have. I mean, for me as a Dallas Cowboys fan, what was his motive of putting my owner's name in his mouth of Jerry Jones? Say this one more time for me, buddy. I mean, why would he? Why? Why would the um, the commission, the uh, owner of uh, the Washington Commanders, um, Ryan, Ron, uh, Daniel Snyder? Yes. Why would Snyder put uh, Jerry Jones' name in his mouth? Yeah, he's upset at a lot of people, and it feels like he's taking shots at a lot of folks. I, I don't think he should be doing that. I think he should he should uh, keep his mouth shut. Yeah, he should. And then he's going to talk about Roger Goodell, the owner over the NFL. Yeah, the commissioner of the NFL. I mean, making, I mean, the commissioner over the NFL making good, um, you know, good headlines for so many people in the NFL doing so good with uh, the NFL draft and, and different games that we as NFL fans seen over the years. Yeah. And and then they were talking about moving the Washington team to like relocate to a different um, city. I, I think I mean I think they should change the Washington Commanders name. You know, they should change the whole name altogether. Yeah, why why do you say that, James? Well, because if you look at like you know, the Washington Commanders, they don't sound like an NFL team when you say it. If you're an NFL fan and you're sitting around like on a, you know, sitting around with a couple of guys and you say, oh, I'm a fan of the Washington Commanders, you're talking about a team that sounds like they should be like in the USFL team in, in, in that part of uh, playing football as well. Yeah, I just think we're not used to it. It's just the first year of doing this. So maybe after a few years of saying, hey, the Washington Commanders, Washington Commanders, Washington Commanders, it'll become more ingrained in our brain that they are an NFL team. Yes, because I mean, with uh, so many different changes I've seen with so many team uh, logos. They messed up with the uh, Chicago, uh, the Cleveland Browns logo. They've done uh, the New England Patriots logo. What next? Philadelphia Eagles logo? 
who, who knows what's going to happen in the near future for the NFL. Yeah, all those teams get to make their individual decisions in regards to their logo, and sometimes you make a change that people aren't a big fan of and that they don't like. Yeah, because, you know, you're messing with, like, if you change a logo for that team, you're messing with the team's uh, original logo, and then you're messing with the team's history of that original NFL team. Yeah, sometimes you got to make changes. Sometimes you got to adapt and that sort of thing. And then, of course, when that happens, people get upset because they're like, it's not the way it used to be. So uh, it's a really, really fine line to have to walk there, buddy. Yes, and with my Dallas Cowboys playing against the Philadelphia Eagles, I think this is Cooper Rush uh, time to actually start playing, and he's going to play good. So, you know, I'm not trying to take um, Cooper Rush thunder away from him. He's been really doing really good for my fantasy league this year, and I'm, I'm hoping that Dak Prescott will come back, but I don't know when that will actually happen as well. I don't know when that could happen either, but we'll have to just wait and see, I guess. Yes, as well. And then I know this weekend, I know we're playing Old Miss, so I think I do have the Auburn Old Miss picks. I have Auburn and 51, Old Miss 21. 51 to 21. You think Auburn can win by 30? Yes. Actually, we might win. We're going to win by 30 points as well because I do have them favored. And I'm hoping that Brian Harson would keep his job. But if we might make it in the fourth quarter, then we'll just take it and, you know, just, you know, have a good party in Auburn as well. We're looking forward to a good party. We got to go to Oxford. We got to play them at their place. But hopefully we can win and then everybody can come back to Auburn and celebrate. Yes, as well, because I know um, I will be watching Alabama and Tennessee, so I do have Tennessee favorite to actually beat Alabama, so I know this is going to be a hard game to watch, so I think this will be Alabama's first time ever losing to a uh, top-ranked opponent in Tennessee as well. Yeah, uh, Nick Saban is 15-0 against the Tennessee Volunteers. Yeah, so I think this will be 15-1 and for Nick Saban. So it's going to be kind of a hard test to play up there in uh, Tennessee. And it's a, it's, a nice, it's a nice venue up there in Tennessee. So I know it's going to be loud this weekend as well. Got to be loud. Got to have a lot of fans cheering there in Neyland Stadium and, and singing good old Rocky Top. Woo! Yes, that is one of the best songs I've always I've always heard that song for so many many years as a as Have a you really? Fan. Yes, actually I've been playing um when I was uh, actually in my teenage years I used to actually play the NCAA uh, college football games and I used to do some uh, great uh, rivalry matchups between Auburn, Tennessee, Alabama, I used to do Auburn, Alabama. I used to do uh, Auburn and Florida, Auburn, Florida State, Auburn and Michigan, and it was it was just something that I couldn't really relate to as well to and, see some of these to see some of these great games actually come in the near future for Auburn as well. And then you would hear the fight songs playing, and you would sing the fight songs. Mm-hmm. I will actually do. Um, I'll actually sing our uh, our fight song as well, and I had tears as well when I'm actually playing the game as well. Can you do that right now? Um, let me see. Oh man, I I think I might still need help. It's been a while since I know the Auburn fight song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. War 
Eagle fly down the field. Ever to conquer, never to yield. War. Eagle fearless and true. Fight on, you orange and blue. Go, go, go. On to victory. Strike up the band. Give them hell, give them hell. Stand up and yell. Hey! War. Eagle win for Auburn. Power of Dixieland. I love that. I love that uh, cheer. I love it as well. And then there's another one that um, brings me to tears. Is the Auburn? Um, is like the Auburn uh, Auburn alma mater. I used to I used to sing that one, and I used to always cry for that one as well. Oh, really? Yes, because that one um, that that is one of the most uh easiest cheers that i ever um loved as an auburn fan and once i actually uh sing it with so many auburn friends and auburn students that i've made so many friends with at auburn i always cry and they always give me a big hug and say it's okay it's okay just let it out and that's what i do you just let it out i just let it out because you know it's it's you know Auburn is always getting up to be, it's always going to be um, close to my heart, near and dear to my heart as well. Because Auburn University is always going to be near and dear to your heart. Yeah, because it, it's something that I would always love to be a part of for yeah. so many many years as well. You want to hear the the uh, alma mater? Yes. stuff right there brother it is it is it's one of the best songs that we've ever played for so many many years as well and with the nba uh season starting next week i'm hoping that 
my Dallas Mavericks would win up in Utah to play the Utah Jazz as well. Yeah, you got a lot of news to share with us then. It's a, a busy, busy time of year with all these sports going on. <laughs> yes, it is. And did you actually see the seven foot one newcomer that's going to be actually coming into the NBA this coming up year? Yeah, seven foot five, and he's I mean, going to be playing yeah. next year. He, he's in his last year of not being able to play. But yeah, Victor Wimbignana, he's very <laughs> impressive. Yes, he is very, very impressive, and I'm hoping um, when the NBA draft starts in 2023, I wonder who's going to actually pick him up maybe in the first or second round of the NBA final, I mean, in the NBA draft as well. Maybe the Dallas Mavericks might pick him up. You would hope so. That would be amazing if Dallas were able to get a nice addition like that. Yes, as well, because we do need some tall players as well. We do have uh, Luka Doncic and um, a lot of great tall players that that came through um, Dallas Mavericks uh, roster as well. Yeah, no, I'm excited for the upcoming NBA season. I'm excited to see the Lakers get back out there on the field and uh, on the field, on the court. I think it's going to be a lot of fun, that's for sure. Yes, as well. And then I did want some Auburn and Ole Miss trivia as well. All right. Well, here we go. We'll uh, we'll give you an Auburn and Ole Miss trivia question. Who is the one football coach who's been the head coach of both Auburn and Ole Miss, James? The one Auburn head coach that used to be... The Ole Miss head coach. That used to coach at Ole Miss. What's his name? Hmm... I would have to say that would be Lane Kiffin. He hasn't coached at Auburn yet. We're looking for Tommy Tuberville. Remember, Tommy Tuberville coached both schools. Yes, it was Tommy Tuberville. He actually did coach um, at Old Miss, and then he switched from Old Miss and came to Auburn. That's I right. Actually, actually, remember that. How many years in a row has Auburn beat Ole Miss? I would actually have to say we beat Old Miss. I would have to say uh, 13 out of the 14 times that we met Old Miss. Close. We've won six in a row, six in a row, and then we've won 11 of the last 13 meetings. But we've okay. won six in a row. Okay. Yeah. Very good. And then uh, we'll give you one more question, okay? Auburn okay. and Ole Miss trivia. Let's talk about some of the great Ole Miss football players. What iconic quarterback played for Ole Miss whose brother played for Tennessee? Mm, I would have to say that will be Archie Manning. Yes, and what was his son's name that played at Ole Miss? Okay, I know this one because I used to do uh, the thirty for thirty, and I know, um, I know he said it. Um, Archie actually was talking about his son Peyton Manning. Yeah, Peyton Manning played at Tennessee. His son Eli Manning played at Ole Miss. So Archie Manning and Eli Manning both played quarterback for the Ole Miss Rebels. Very good job, James. Very good <laughs> yeah. job. All right, let's do the War Eagle fight song and get out of here. How about it? All right, sounds good. All right.
Eagle, fearless and true. Fight on, you orange and blue. Go, go, go! On to victory, strike up the band. Give them hell, give them hell, stand up and yell. Hey! Win for Auburn, power of Dixieland! War Eagle, brother. Yes, War Eagle, and, James. I'm in good spirits and, now. Yes, I am as well, indeed. And Old Miss, we're coming. We're coming Old, for you. We're coming, and we're actually going to have a good time, actually, this weekend as well. That's right. Well, we'll it's talk to you tomorrow, awesome. James, okay? All right, sounds good, and I will have that Halloween joke for you all on tomorrow. Okay, perfect. We can't wait. See you then. War Eagle. All right, War Eagle. All right, James from Montgomery joining us there on the program. Always fun to sing the fight song there for the Auburn Tigers. All right, Tony from Tuskegee joins us after this on Sports Call. Looking for another way to listen to our show? Be sure to download the Tiger Communications app and listen to Sports Call wherever you go. I'm Corey Grant, former Auburn football and NFL running back, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Let's get back to it. Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app, JJ Jackson, Brant Daughtry, Brooks Childress having a hell of a lot of fun here on the show today. Your phone calls always welcome. 334-887-3401. Shout out to Steve. Shout out to James. Love hearing from all you guys. Let's talk Auburn and Ole Miss and more here on the program. Next caller due up. Tony from Tuskegee. All right. Tony from Tuskegee has called in. What's up, Tony? Yeah, how y'all doing? Well, how are you? All right. Yeah, I was quite wrong last week, but um, I'll make up for it again this week. I like Auburn this week. Okay. Okay. You think yeah. they could beat Ole Miss? Yeah. I got one other question. All in right. In the search, in the name search, to talk about a coach, have y'all heard anything about this guy in South Carolina? South Carolina, T-Rob maybe, Travaris Robinson? No, the head coach. Oh, Shane Beamer. Yeah, no, I had not I had not heard uh, his name brought up. I was about to say T-Rob's yeah, at I Alabama was, now. I was, now I, think. Little, I was reading a little extra, um, sir, last night. They, they were saying how, you know, Lane Kiffin, the baggage he had, um, Hugh Freeze, the baggage he had, and they say this guy, he's a young guy with a clean slate. And he's bringing South Carolina along real well. And, you know, they said that would be an interesting name if he would leave South Carolina. Yeah, I, I hate I hate Shane Beamer a lot less than I hate a lot of other names I've heard thrown out there. Uh, he is young. He's energetic. People seem to like him. I I don't know if he's proven that he can handle the SEC yet. And I understand it's hard to win at South Carolina. But, you know, I, if Auburn went that direction, I wouldn't be as mad as I would if they went in a few others. Shane Beamer's also had a ton of years at South Carolina outside of being their yeah. head football coach. Mm-hmm. I think he really, really loves being there in Columbia, and I don't know that he's necessarily looking to make a jump like that. Well, but from South Carolina to Auburn, wouldn't that be a step up? For You're absolutely right. Absolutely, absolutely right. Yes. I just don't know that that would be his motivation. 
Yeah, well, I, you know, I, I, you know, I was just reading some, and there was some people mentioning. Um, Definitely a possibility. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, I just thought I'd mention that, and um, I like Auburn again this week. You I'm think they can win by a good bit? I'm going to lock them to the Iron Bowl. You, you think they can win the Iron Bowl? No, I'm gonna like them until oh, the oh, Iron Bowl. until the Iron Bowl. I see what you're saying. Yes, I want them to beat. You know, I want. I, you we, know, want to, we, we want to. We want to win the Iron Bowl, but that's a that's really really difficult. Now I'm right up the street, and you know, I, I I like to see. I would like to see all the wins. You know, win some games. You think and, Tennessee um, could beat Alabama? Huh? Do you think Tennessee can beat Alabama? Uh, I, I, I I doubt it. I, <laughs> I don't believe they can beat uh, uh, Alabama with Jalen Milrow. Okay, yeah, wow, wow, we'll see. Yeah, but with Brian, with Brian, uh, 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 Bryce Young back, it'll be a blowout. Yeah, probably so, probably yeah. so. So, all right, Tony, well, it's good all to right, hear you from you, buddy. Going there, thanks. Absolutely. Tony from Tuskegee joining us on the program. Hadn't heard Shane Beamer's name once. No, I hadn't either. But, uh, you know, that's an interesting one. It would... It would absolutely be an upgrade to come to Auburn from South Carolina. But like you say, Shane Beamer seems to be pretty well entrenched there. I don't know if he would come, but you start flashing up dollar signs, you might get a guy to reconsider. I just think there are better options. I know that people talk about the baggage of Lane Kiffin. I don't think Lane Kiffin had baggage. I think he had maturity issues, but I think he's mostly over that at this point. Um, you know, At least I hope he is. Um, and so we'll, you know, we'll see. I, I'm going, I'm going to say Lane Kiffin until it is clear that Lane Kiffin's not coming here. He's right. my first choice. Right. And we'll see what happens on Saturday. Of course, still in that football game, it still needs to be played. And, right. Uh, right. Auburn Ryan, still needs. Ryan to Arson is still not fired. Be relieved of his duties, and then we can really, really dive into the coaching conversations. But we're going to do that already because that's what you do on sports talk shows. Absolutely. We're also going to keep talking about the SEC week ahead. Eric McDade will be here, and let's hear from you. Can Tennessee, for the first time against Nick Saban, knock off the Crimson Tide? Can the Auburn football Tigers find a way to upset Ole Miss? Plenty more of those those thoughts and conversations coming over the next two hours. Alongside Brooks Childress and Brant Daughtry, I'm J.J. Jackson. One hour in the books, and we're rolling. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. 
Second hour of Sports Call starts right now on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Brant Daughtry and Brooks Childress. We hope that you're doing well on this Thursday. Here in just a little bit, our very good buddy, Eric McDade from State Farm will be in the studio. We'll be covering the bases with Eric McDade, talking about the SEC week ahead and taking your phone calls. All of our Sports Call callers and guests join us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Auburn Bank has been your hometown bank for over 110 years. Visit them online at Auburn bank.com for more information your partner your neighbor your friend member fdic equal housing lender you can give us a call to join the show by dialing 334-887-3401 or your toll-free option one triple eight nine tiger nine auburn bank is our proud sponsor of the sports call phone line all right as we get set to get rolling here in another hour of the show let's celebrate our birthdays in sports it's time for today's birthdays in sports. Ah, uh, yes. Birthdays in sports here today. It's everyone's favorite. Are you ready, Brant? Absolutely. Birthdays in sports brought to you by Max Credit Union. Allow Max Credit Union to help you with all of your banking needs. Jerry Rice, turning 60 years old. Mm. Former NFL wide receiver, played four years of college football at Mississippi Valley State. Drafted by the 49ers. Also played in his career with the Raiders, Seahawks, and Broncos. Three-time Super Bowl champion, NFL record holder in receptions, receiving yards, receiving touchdowns, and total touchdowns, and all-purpose yards. A member of the College Football and Pro Football Hall of Fame, Jerry Rice, one of the best football players ever, turns 60 years old today. Yeah, if I had to pick one football player who was just the best to ever play the game, it would probably be Jerry Rice, honestly. The, what a the, stud. The dude was different. The dude was different. And I saw a video earlier of him and Deion Sanders talking about their matchups and what they did when they were playing against each other and uh, how they respected each other, even if they talked trash during the game. And it, it, was, it was a really cool interview to see those two guys who are probably the two greatest to ever do it at their position, certainly top five all time in football players, um, I, I think at least. Those two see those two uh, talk about what they did during their careers. Uh, yeah, Jerry Rice, one of the best ever. Brian Dawkins is turning 49 years old. The former NFL safety played three years of college football at Clemson. He was drafted by the Eagles in the second round of the 1996 NFL Draft. Played with the Eagles for 13 seasons before finishing his career with three years in Denver. Four-time first-team All-Pro, nine-time Pro Bowler. His number 20 jersey retired by the Eagles. He's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Brian Dawkins turns 49. One of the scariest players of all time. The dude was... Uh, I would agree with you, that, Brian. You feared, you feared Brian Dawkins. Did not want to see him if you were running across the middle. Brian Hoyer is turning 37. NFL quarterback for the New England Patriots. Not one of the most not fearful players Not one of the most ever. fearful players, exactly. Played four years of college football at Michigan State. He's played in the NFL primarily as a backup. He does have a Super Bowl ring as a backup quarterback. Here are the teams he's played for. Patriots, Steelers, Cardinals, Browns, Texans, Bears, Niners, Colts. Wow. Good enough to do it for a long time. Never good enough to really crack the starting lineup for a full season. He has started games for eight different NFL teams. Second all-time to Ryan Fitzpatrick with nine. Yeah. He's a... He's an old man, and he's, he's been doing done a thing it for a too. long time. And he's, you know, he he can get you if you just need a spot start from a guy because your starter is hurt. 
Brian, Hors- Brian Hoyer is a good guy to go to. Next up, Brant, we got Paul Pierce mm. turning 45. The, the former truth. NBA small forward, nicknamed The Truth. Three years of college basketball at Kansas is where he played. Drafted by the Celtics with the 10th pick in the 98 draft. Also played at the end of his career with the Nets, Wizards, and Clippers. 2008 NBA champion, 2008 NBA Finals MVP with Boston. 10-time All-Star. His number 34 jersey retired by the Boston Celtics. He's a member of the Pro Basketball Hall of Fame. Paul Pierce, the truth, is 30, or excuse me, is 45. Pretty darn good. Uh, Jermaine O'Neal is turning 44, the former NBA center and power forward, drafted out of high school with the 17th overall pick by the Blazers, also played with the Pacers, Raptors, Heat, Celtics, Suns, and Warriors, six-time All-Star. He played part in the Malice at the Palace brawl, Ah. which is never good, but Jermaine O'Neal, a big focal point for the Pacers. Always wore a headband. Good basketball player. Good center. He's 44 years old today. Doc Rivers is turning 61. Doc, the head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers, drafted in the second round of the 83 draft by the Hawks. He also played in his NBA career with the Clippers, Knicks, and Spurs. Was a one-time All-Star. Has been the head coach with the Magic, Celtics, Clippers, and now 76ers. He was an NBA champion as the Boston Celtics head coach in 2008. Doc Rivers, one of the good ones is turning 61 today pretty good Trevor Hoffman is turning 55, the former MLB relief pitcher, played collegiate baseball at Arizona. He was a closer. You want to know something fun? Always. If Mariano, I can't say that. If Mariano Rivera there you go. didn't exist, we would view Trevor Hoffman as the greatest closer of all time. Seven-time All-Star, twice he led the National League in saves. His number 51 jersey retired by the Padres, and he is in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Trevor Hoffman celebrating his birthday today. That's Birthdays in Sports presented by Max Credit Union. Trevor Hoffman, Doc Rivers, Jermaine O'Neal, Paul Pierce, Brian Hoyer, Brian Dawkins, and Jerry Rice are all celebrating their birthdays today. 334-887-3401. Toll free at one 9 tiger 9 Braves won last night. They sure did. Three nothing. They finally got the game in. A weather delay. We thought we would see first pitch at three o'clock. We saw first pitch at six thirty. So three and a half hours later, we finally saw the uh, first pitch of that game. The Braves needed to win after losing game one, and they score all three runs in the sixth inning. All runs scored with two outs, and they got a brilliant start from Kyle Wright on the mound. Yeah, the, the Braves just win when Kyle Wright is on the mound, and like you said, that that sixth inning. I mean, there were two outs and Ronald Acuna was coming up and he he's had a pretty good series but he gets plunked and and you think ah man is he going to come out is he going to get hurt in the postseason again and I mean he talked about it afterwards he's like yeah man I it hurt a lot but I was not coming out of that game yeah so good for Ronald uh on that front and it does appear he's going to be okay um good news yeah so he'll be back out there tomorrow it, it would seem so Good for Ronald. Um, but, yeah, he gets hit. Next guy draws a walk and then just single, single, single. And the Braves end up scratching across three runs in a way that's abnormal for them. They did not hit the ball very hard, but they just hit it to the right spot. Uh, and that's really what you need to do when the postseason comes around. So you had that two-out rally. Uh, base, is low, base is empty with two out. And you manage to scratch across three. That's, uh, that's pretty impressive. And the Braves are going to have to keep doing that because the Phillies have a pretty decent pitching staff. Um, you've had you you uh, you lost to Ranger Suarez in the first game, um, 
and then uh, you know Zach Wheeler is probably their ace, but the guy they're throwing out there tomorrow is not bad. What's who is? It? Well, I can't remember his name. I know I know Aaron Nola. Aaron Nola, yeah, Aaron Nola has been pretty good this year. He's been pretty good for most of his career. Um, so it, you know it doesn't really get any easier. So you're gonna have to come out there and just you know try to scratch stuff across, put the ball in play, and hope something good happens. And they've done it all year. Atlanta has right, and we expect that to continue. You've got to put pressure on that Phillies defense. You have to uh, get extra base hits. You've got to get on base if at all possible Zach Wheeler was dealing to start for Philly but it got to be the sixth and Atlanta finally capitalized as soon as the game is over and the MLB Network starts to do their wrap up coverage and you start to talk about the win that just took place for the Braves to tie the series at one the biggest takeaway walking away were that all three runs for Atlanta came with two outs and you're reminded that every offensive statistic that you could look at with two-out offense in terms of batting average and runs scored and runners in scoring position average, etc. All with two outs. The Braves were the best in the major leagues all season long. That's so critical once you get into postseason play. You've got to find a way to make teams pay. Yeah, you you are not down once once you get the Braves to two outs. You know, it's a... Sometimes it's, you think you are because you're right. Like yeah, if, if yeah. I catch if this, get, there's you, no sacrifice opportunity or yeah. anything like that. We just got to get the out, and then next thing you know, you're not mentally focused. Single, single, and, single, and, single, and single. Things yeah. happen, and the Braves are just able to do that. They've been, like you said, they've been really good at doing that. Excuse me, all year long, and that's going to pay dividends if you can keep that up during the postseason because you you will you will break a lot of teams by scoring two out runs and i think you broke the phillies a little bit last night so uh, again hopefully you can come back tomorrow and uh play those two games in philadelphia and hopefully just those two games get out of there with a 3-1 win and you know it's 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 playoff time i I, I don't know what else to say you know it's baseball score score runs don't give up runs it's important um the dodgers won 111 games in the regular season 111 i mean really really damn good lost last night to the padres yeah series tied at one as they go to san diego you know it's interesting probably the the three teams that based on playoff and regular season combination that you would say were the best teams in baseball the braves the astros and the dodgers they were the three best teams in baseball last year they got better all three of those teams got better and the dodgers won 111 (laughs) games that's insanity uh and but yeah, I mean the Padres able, able to pull it out without Fernando Tatis Jr. because he's what a story that is. Yeah. Um, but I mean, go, good for the Padres. I hope they can win two more. And what we're seeing? How about three? Three of the four series remaining. Okay, we've got Astros, Mariners, Padres, Dodgers, Braves, Phillies. Three of the four. The one that's going to be excluded here is Yankees, Guardians. But the three we mentioned. Those are all teams that play in the same division. You yeah. played the, you've played those teams 19 times. You know the book on your opponent at yeah, this point in the absolutely. year. Absolutely. I mean the Braves have faced the Phillies like you said. All of the, all of these teams know each other. Yeah. So it's a matter of can you just execute because you're not going to catch anybody by surprise with what you do. Uh, I think that's why the Phillies were able to get so many hits off of Max Fried because Max Fried is so stinking good, but they've seen him before, and he got those two outs. And I don't think Max was just grooving balls down the middle. I, I think he was getting where he wanted to. It wasn't perfect, but he was getting the ball where he about where he wanted it to go. And the Phillies just have seen it; they know what it looks like. So Max, you know, he had some tough luck. Kyle 
came out and pitched better. Um, it, it's baseball's such a weird sport, man, because either you have it or you don't if you're a pitcher. And Max didn't have it. Kyle did. And he series tied 1-1. Well, we hope Atlanta has it tomorrow as they try to take a 2-1 lead. Those games will be played in Philadelphia. You can listen to Braves baseball on our sister station, AM 1230, WAUD. Let's take a commercial break. We're back with more right after this. Want to know how easy it is to listen to our show? All you have to do with your Amazon smart device is say, Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn. This is former Auburn football player Danny Skutak, and you are listening to the Abbey Award-winning Sports Call Auburn. Back on Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson inside the studio with Brant Daughtry and Brooks Childress. Boy, oh boy, are we having fun on this Thursday. Your phone calls are welcome. 334-887-3401 or also on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at SportsCallAU. Brant, give us a plug one more time of things we've got on our website as well for people to check out. What all do we have on our website? Well, we've got an opponent preview that went up or uh, actually early yesterday. Uh, I, I wrote that. You can preview it. Um, uh, we've got our sports call. Ryan LaVoy at the beginning of the year uh, made a made a preview for the entire season, actually gave some of his thoughts and gave a record prediction, which I don't do, but uh, I, I will give my thoughts on on things and how I feel like things are going to play out week to week and we've got a whole bunch of stuff on there you can listen live you can find our uh, our old archived podcast if that's where you want to go um, we have if you do want to go to our podcast area we uh, archive or excuse me we take out all of the uh, the interviews that we do and we throw those up um, to uh, separately if you want to listen to our interviews separately we do have that up on our website as standalone interviews so you don't have to scroll around and find our interviews by themselves so we, we do a lot with uh, what we have on that website and uh, yeah go check it out please let's take some phone calls 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 9 tiger 9 to be on the program as we go to the phone lines now and joining us we've got Sean Sean has called into the program hey Sean Hey, JJ. How are you, buddy? You're fired. <laughs> oh, no, man. I don't, I don't like to hear that. Fired. I'll throw you all fired. Brant is fired, too? Yeah. Oh, that's not good. I liked working here. Yeah, we're going to have to find a new job. <laughs> <laughs> you got us, buddy. <laughs> You're just joking? We appreciate it. That's good. That's good. You got a good joke, man. Braves won yesterday. It rained yesterday. It rained a lot. The Braves won. I know. Big time. Big time. Did you enjoy that? I don't even watch it. You hardly watched it? Uh Uh-uh. Yeah. I got to watch a good bit of it, and I was very, very happy that they won. Well, do you have anything else to tell us? Uh... War Eagle. Yeah, War Eagle. Yeah, we're ready for the Auburn football game on Saturday. 
I don't really watch Danny either. Yeah, you'll have to turn on the game and watch it. These are what's not new teams. Say that one more time. My, uh, Pistons. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, War Eagle, buddy, and we'll, we'll talk soon, okay? Are y'all fired? <laughs> yeah, we'll have to get our jobs back. Thanks for the call, buddy. We appreciate it. All right, that's uh, that's Sean. There he goes, joining us on the program. Not fun when we get fired, Brandon. No, not at all. Like I said, I like working here. I, I don't want to get fired, but, you know, Sean has to do what he has to do. Um, you know, and... and you know, Sean is Sean is qualified to make such decisions. He's a you know he's an important part of what we do here, and if Sean says we got to go, then we got to go. Very important, no doubt about that. Three three four eight eight seven thirty four zero one or toll free one triple eight nine tag nine. Let's keep these phone calls coming through. Next, we've got Daryl from Auburn. Ah, Daryl is on the show with us. Hello, Daryl. Hey guys, what's going on? Not a whole lot. How's your day been? Let me get you off speaker. Hang on just a second. Okay. You still there? We got you. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, previous caller, but uh, my parents, gosh, uh, we used to have old broken down 45 that played the War Eagle song, but I have not been to an Auburn game from the start in years and years. Do they still play the Auburn Creed? They don't. They don't play the Creed. The Creed doesn't have a song. They do play the alma mater uh, after games. Alma mater. What do you mean? The the song that JJ was playing earlier that uh, that he and James sang along to. Oh well, it's the Auburn Creed. You know, you know, got War Eagle fly down the field, body body blah. Yeah. But the fight then, song. The yeah. Fight song. Yeah. Not the fight song, but they they play the alma mater after the game. Right, they play. They both play times. it all, yeah. Okay, and well, then people say the creed, yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, and, and your previous caller just brought some old memories to life. You yeah, know, and, those are good old memories. Well, yeah. Well, uh, you know, yeah. I was around when Terry uh, Beasley, uh, Pat Sullivan, and uh, Pat Dye and. Sid Jordan was there, you know, and then, but uh, it just it just stirred some old memories, and I just want to confirm that. Yeah, no, it's always uh, it gets us in the mood when you hear those songs in any capacity. It kind of just feels like we've got the energy of of Jordan Hare Stadium around us. It feels like we're at the game. It is. It is. Uh, years and years. Uh, um, you know, it used to be Cliff Hare Stadium, you know, and then. I don't know if you remember Saturday Night Live where there's this guy named Bill they used to throw over the stadium, you know, and then I don't know if you know who I'm talking about. Bill. Is that what you said? Yeah. Bill. Uh, he was in Saturday Night Live in the 80s. Yeah, I'm and, not familiar. Well, yeah. You can ask your parents about that. So. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, we're young bucks. Yeah, this 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 was this was the yeah here 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 was the alma mater.
the second time we played this on the show today. It's a good feeling. That was Sean. That was that wasn't that was a different one. Yeah, that was Sean. Sean. But anyway, uh, I said I wasn't gonna call in because I don't have anything positive to say. But I, <laughs> I, I appreciate you guys bringing up stuff like that because it it didn't bring tears to my eyes. But you know that's what Auburn's all about. That's right. That's right. And then you know we've gone some some turmoils and troubles over the years. You know, and I think we'll overcome this. Uh, in a positive way. Oh, yeah. That's all I'm going to say, guys. All right. Well, we appreciate it. Have a good day, Daryl. You too. All right. That's uh, Daryl from Auburn joining us on the program. Uh, it's almost like we're, we're talking about, a lot about the Auburn band today, Brant. You love the band, man. This is I, the first. I, marching bands are one of my favorite parts of football. That's that's what makes it college football. You yeah. Know, you and band. I were not in the band, though. Absolutely, we're not. I've been in, I've been in a band. Band never guy. Never in the band. Tom Peavy, Camberry, band, band guys. guys. You and me? Not banned, guys. On the field, man. But that's okay. He's on the field. All right, let's take a break. We're back with our buddy Eric McDade after this. Call is on the air weekdays from 3 until 6 p.m. If you are currently driving in a four-door sedan, roll up the windows and turn up the radio. We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. This is Philip Lolly, former Auburn Tigers football assistant coach for the 2010 National Championship team, and you are listening to Sports Call. That's right. Welcome back. Auburn's first, Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Make sure you check out the Sports Call podcast brought to you by Coca-Cola. If you ever miss the show live or you just want to go back and listen to something again, make sure you go back and listen to our show on demand wherever you get your podcast. Enjoy an ice-cold Coca-Cola to go along with the hottest sports talk. Coca-Cola, taste the feeling. J.J. Jackson, Brad Daughtry, Brooks Childress, good group together for the show today. And uh, the fun continues because our pal Eric McDade is here. We're going to be covering the bases 
with Eric McDade, State Farm here for the next little while. Yes, sir. E-Money, what's up, man? What's up, JJ? Good to see y'all again. How are things? Everything's good, man. Yeah. Living the dream. Drivewithericcom Yes, sir. All your insurance needs. All of them. What Business good right now? Business is good, man. It's You know, we're rocking and rolling. We're getting into that. That fall weather's upon us, and we just... We're here to serve people, man. Everything's good right now. What's the phone number? 334-759-7431. All your insurance needs. Make sure you hit them up or drivewitheric.com. All right, let's talk ball because this is what we love. We love being able to get you in here. And people can go back on our website, thetiger.fm, on the Sports Call page. Every archived conversation with Eric got the digital ads up there. I mean, we're taking care of our guy. And your points have been spot on. The last time you were in the studio, you said, I've got to come back yeah. after the Georgia game. Oh, yeah. You picked to be here for this week in particular. Yep. How you feeling? I'm feeling about like how everybody else is feeling. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm no the, different. Uh, the last time I was here was right after Penn State. And, That's right. Uh, um, similar feeling, man. I just... It's it's hard. It's hard to watch. It's hard to get excited. Um, you know, still pulling for the guys, man. Still supporting the team. You know, the good thing looks like they hadn't quit. You know, the, I think the players are playing hard. I just we're just not good enough. You know, um, coaching and helping them out. I don't think, and it's just hard. To, it's it's hard, man. But real interested to see how Saturday goes because it really feels like we're at. A crossroads, to be honest. Um, you know, you, you get a good show in on Saturday, maybe win the game. I think you could drum up some excitement. But another loss, especially a bad one, um, I think some things could get real drastic going into the bye week. It, it's the time. It's the time of the year where we thought if there's going to be a change in the regular season, it's going to be going into the bye week. Yeah. What's interesting about it is – if you do fire Brian Harson in the middle of the season, he's probably taking his coordinators with him because the offensive and defensive coordinator came with came came with him from Boise, uh, and now they're here. So if you fire the guy that brought them on, they're probably not going to stay back and you know keep calling plays. So if you do fire a guy going into the bye week, that gives you an extra week to decide who's your new play caller going to be, both on offense and defense. The head coach, whoever he is, has never been a head coach before, so they're probably going to have some. You know, you're, you're going to need an adjustment period to that. So it makes sense to do it during the bye week because, like you said, Eric, the, these kids, while the coaching may not be where it needs to be, the kids deserve the best chance to win 100%. because they're they're out there fighting as hard as anybody. And like you said, they haven't given up. No, they haven't given up at all, man. I'm going to go back to Georgia real quick because I'm – you know, I am one of those old school Auburn fans. I hate Bama and I hate Georgia. And the fact <laughs> that they won the championship last year makes that hatred even more – you know, they beat us so bad, man, that like I got a friend, man. She didn't even talk trash to me after the, after Georgia beat us. That's how bad we are. <laughs> <laughs> they just like just skip over it like they know they was gonna whoop us. They don't even talk trash. So that that really hurts. Um <laughs> We've gotten to that point that it hurts yeah. that someone didn't trash yeah, talk. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If it was a close game, maybe they talk trash, but they just kinda like feel sorry for us <laughs> at this point or something. That, that's not a good feeling. Um Listen, man, everybody's firing Brian Harson. Every time I listen to – I mean, every conversation I had with any Auburn fan, I mean, it seems like that's just the flavor of the month. I'm not going to get on the radio and fire the guy because I don't want him to walk into my office and tell me I'm doing a terrible job and fire me at State yeah. Farm. But 
it's it's gone bad, man. And you know, I, I hope for the best for the guy. He seems like a good enough guy. You know, I hope he's able to turn it around, man. But it's it the the ship is sinking, and I, I hope they can by some miracle they'll they'll turn it around this weekend. Yeah. But um, changes need to be made. Whether that's something has to happen. whether that's in the position that you hold, or whether that's in how you operate, yeah. how you're recruiting. I mean, that that's it's big, and and recruiting is out there right now. Mm-hmm. We mentioned some of the reports that have come out over the last few days. Auburn undercover with a really, really big report, as Steve alluded to, talking about the fact that offensive line coach Will Friend or tight end coach Brad Bedell have not been out on the road this year can recruiting. Yeah, and that's... What in the world? That's concerning, you know, and you What don't, in the world? Not every coach needs to be on the road every single week, but you've got to get all of your guys out there, especially at a position of need like offensive line. Auburn needs offensive linemen in a bad, bad way. Um, and to, for, for there to be no adjustments being made uh, in the recruiting. And we, we've heard about Brian Harson not going, uh, and that's a big deal. But he's apparently been sending position coaches and coordinators, you know, and that's at least something, even though the head coach doesn't need to make that. But now you're saying that there have been a couple of coordinators that haven't hit the road at all. And it's just every, okay. every time you hear reports of recruiting and, and – it just gets worse and worse. And at the beginning of the year, I gave Byron Harson a lot of pass for um, for the bad recruiting class because he came into an area where he's never recruited before, and all the guys you're going up against have been recruiting these kids for four or five years at this point. So you're making up a four or five year gap in one year. That's a tough ask. Yeah. And then you know the last season happens. What happens over the off season happens to Brian Harson, uh, and that's certainly not a good look. When the university is kind of saying, "Well, we're doing our best to get rid of you, but we can't do it for free, so you get to stay on for an extra year." It's tough to recruit through that. But now it's coming out that you know his recruiting, his effort in recruiting has not been at the level it needs to be. And if you can't recruit, you can't win. Can't win. Not in the SEC. I, I try to give him the benefit of the doubt, man. But, I, you know, I went back and looked at, uh, you know, I looked at Malzahn's recruiting class when he took over. We're coming off a three and nine season. You know, we were able to put together a good class. You know, if you look at that class that he signed in 2013, coming off of a three and nine season, you know, I, I was guys like Carl Lawson in that class, you know. He was able to. Auburn, it's impressive. Auburn recruits itself. I, 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 you know, I understand all this stuff that's going on around the program, but Auburn recruits itself, man. If you can get these guys on campus and get them excited, kids want to come to Auburn regardless yeah. of who the coach is. I mean, if you look at the atmosphere, man, that LSU game. If I'm a kid, I don't care where you play at in America, man. If you come to Jordan Hare on a Saturday and you see the atmosphere, you can get it. You can get real excited, and then you can go out there and look on the field and see that. I can play here. Yeah. The way it's looking right now, right? I can get on the field pretty early. I, you know, I think Auburn's got enough going for itself that you certainly should be a lot better than 55th in the nation in recruiting. Yeah, I, I don't care. I don't care what the record is. It's just it's unacceptable. So that's the hard part, man. It looks bad on the field right now, and then it, the, the future's not looking great either with the recruiting. So uh, yeah. It's tough. And that's where it is right now. And you would like to think that if you get somebody in here who does know what they're up against as far as a recruit from a recruiting standpoint, it would get better. Because like you said, I think Auburn's a top 15 school in the country. Yeah, there's been it, a lot of talk about that over the on, yeah. on the internet the last couple of days. Some national yeah. media trying to act like Auburn is yeah. a great job. Listen, it's not the best job in America, but like you said, top 15, that's yeah. not – 
There's there are there are a lot of jobs that are worse than Much Auburn worse, for yeah. sure, and the resources you get here, the fan support you get here, the athletes that you have in this area, uh, you can reach over into Georgia very easily. Uh, the guys that come through, there's not a ton that come through Alabama, but the guys that are here are usually pretty freaking good. And then you got Florida to the south. You got the Carolinas up north and Tennessee. You can reach into uh, Auburn's gone into Mississippi a lot lately for some of the best talent up there. You can you have talent around you that make this a an area that can give you a winning football team. You can compete for the SEC championship every year, and every four or five years you can compete for the national championship. Yeah. And you can't say that at a lot of places. So it's definitely still a top fifteen job. You know, the, the, the challenge for for Auburn, if they do move on from Harson, is to be able to find a guy that is proven that we, you know, you can't get an unproven guy to come in behind this. You got to get somebody that you know you're going to see some results. Yeah, I don't absolutely. know who that is. It's not my my job to figure out who that is, but it's just some people to get paid the big bucks to, to figure that out. And, and like you said, either, either the, the current situation has to change dramatically in the way they're operating or um, – I, I don't. I don't think he. I, I think he'll last the season. To be honest, uh, I can't believe they've not been out on the road recruiting. Yeah, yeah. It's just, that's unexpected. That's, that's, that's wild. That's, I mean, that's damning. We mentioned the coordinators, and then Brad Padell, tight ends coach, was an offensive line coach for Brian Harson at Boise State. Right. That's his guy. Will Friend, though. I, mean, I thought that's why Will Friend was here. I'm gonna be honest. I thought he was supposed to be. Yeah, you know, a, a, that's a that's why because so when he, he's if he's in, not gonna recruit and his offensive line is looking right. like. With no with, like. and, and with no ties to Brian Harson, Will Friend comes here right. from Tennessee. Before that, he'd been at Georgia. He played football at Alabama. Like he knows he's an SEC guy. This area and wow. And then, yeah. like you said, yeah, the offensive line not great. Yeah, not it's a, not great. great. It's so, not yeah. great all around. Man, the product on the field ain't great. Not great. And then the, the recruiting is. It's going absolutely terrible. So I, I, we, something's got to change, man, and pretty and soon. Hopefully. How bad do you feel for Tank Bigsby? Yeah, man, I'm sorry, Tank. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I don't I feel, feel bad for him at all. He's going to be a millionaire in, in a very short period yeah, of time. I mean, yeah, he's going to From the Auburn football few, perspective, few, how yeah, bad do you feel million. for the guy? I mean, I, I, he's so talented, man. It's, Have it's, we it's wasted Tank Bigsby? I think we're on the verge of it, honestly. I, I mean <sighs> – I think we have. You, you hate guy, it. You hate man. it for him. I saw this you stat when him. we played Missouri that he had, I don't know, fifty yards rushing, and he had seventy yards after contact. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's it, he's it, averaging less than a yard before contact you're getting right hit now in the backfield. <laughs> majority of the time, like I, he can't even I don't go. Who you are. He can't, like I, you, you can said, Barry Sanders. He Barry can't Sanders even go a full run, yard run, without run. getting hit. Yeah. yeah, Barry Sanders come run behind that line. Emmitt Smith, Walter Payton. Yeah, I don't care who you are. So, yeah. yeah, it feels bad for Tank, man. I, you know, props to him for sticking it out this year, man. But um, I, I wouldn't fault the guy if he either went to the NFL after the season or or found a better situation that get his stock back up. Because I think this situation's really yeah uh, hurt his draft stock. That it has. You know, Absolutely. I still think he's going to ultimately make the professional football decision. I could be wrong. Maybe he does say, you know what, let's go to another school and, and fix that. You could worry now, though, too. Like like Tank, we look at it. All right, he's not coming back to Auburn football in 2023. How worried are you then that Jarquez Hunter's going to dip? I'd be incredibly worried. If you if you lose Jarquez Hunter, I mean, who's behind him? But I'm saying, do you yeah, think that could happen? I'm worried that could happen. I think it could. Well, I mean, especially because he was such a... 
he was such a Brian Harson guy. Yeah. He was one of Brian. He came in with Brian Harson. He was one of Brian Harson's first recruits here. Yeah. Uh, and you know, if you lose, if you fire Brian Harson, then you might lose a lot of the guys that came with him, which would also include Damari Alston, who's the third string running back right now. Yeah, I mean, and Jordan Ingram, who is a transfer that Brian Harson got in here. So who I hasn't mean, most, seen the field, yeah. who hasn't seen the field, but still, you know, yeah, it, it, it's it, it's it, concerning. If a coach leaves, I mean, we're gonna have a. Yes, I mean you're gonna have a situation where you're gonna lose a lot of players, but you know, like we said, if if, if it's the right guy, somebody that guys can believe in, then you know maybe it'll be easier to keep them. But uh, who is that guy? <laughs> Prime time. Listen, man, Prime's my favorite football player of all time. So you know, I'm partial to Prime. I don't know if Prime's is that real job yet. Aside so, aside from the Auburn, you would say Deion Sanders is my favorite football player favorite of all time. Football player of all time, man, he's incredible. Nobody like Deion ever in the game of football. I mean, I wish I was old enough to like have that. No, no, he was different. You know, he was different. I mean, you you put that guy in in the game today, man. It, I mean, he'd be he'd be even better. I think you know, as much as they throw the ball. I mean, this is a dude that probably could have been an All Pro receiver. Yeah. If he wanted to, you know, he played in the major leagues and and he played baseball. NFL. Yeah, that's same day. He's the only person playing the World Series and the Pro Bowl. Like, super, like it's crazy, man. So <laughs> super athlete, man. I, I think this the scary part with Dion. I think that a lot of people are wherever Dion goes, Dion becomes a show. I think that yeah. is a, one of the concerns of a lot of the Auburn fans. You know, it's going to be sometimes more about Dion than it is about the team. Um, I, I don't know if Auburn's big enough to overcome that size of uh, personality, but if you're talking about a shot in the arm, that's the type of excitement that you need around the program. And you're not going to have a problem getting, you know, guys to come down here and play for Auburn if you got a guy like Deion Sanders going into the living room. I, I don't care who you are. If you're Nick Saban, you don't want to recruit against that guy. You know, <laughs> yeah. when, when Deion Sanders walks into in, into the living room, man, he commands that respect, and that's kind of what we need. You know, these nowadays these kids were recruiting; their parents grew up, like you said. He's, I'm from the generation where I grew up watching Deion Sanders. Right, Deion was coming to recruit my son. Holy cow! He's yeah. got a certain level of of clout that comes with that. Um, and I think he's a damn good coach, man. I mean, he's coached in high school, and, and now he's coaching in college. He's won everywhere. Now, has he had superior talent everywhere? Yeah, that's that. we could probably say that. But um, So, I, we don't know how it's going to look if he's on a level playing field. But I like the idea of Deion. I, I don't think it'll happen just because there's a lot of stuff around Auburn that I don't think it would um, it, it's going to happen. But it's exciting to think Yeah, about. one, Auburn's got to decide to offer him. Right. And then, two, he's got to decide – I want to do that. Yeah, but I don't think. Uh, I, I think. I, I think if they went after him, I think he'd be really interested. But I just don't see it happening personally. Lane Kiffin? No, I don't think that happens. I, I mean, as the, <laughs> I mean at this point, that's almost a lateral move for him. I hate to say that. It sounds terrible. I mean, Auburn's got a lot more going for it, man. But I, I just I can't see it personally. I don't know. I mean. I don't think it's Lane Kiffin. There's a lot of names I've seen, man. I, one name I haven't seen that I that I personally like is Chip Kelly. Like, I always mm. like Chip Kelly. Wow. Okay. I like Chip Kelly, man. He knows what he's doing. Let's talk this out. He's actually getting it done at UCLA this year. Yeah, he, I mean, he's, he's, he's taking him a little bit. He's figured out but, how to coach football again. But I mean, it's, I think they're six and zero, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. They like real, real talk. UCLA's really good this year. Yeah, it's, they, it's they, fun they to watch. They very much are. They did great things at Oregon. Like. 
He went to the NFL and didn't work out so well. That's the NFL, though. It happens. I mean, right. The greatest and then you come back from the NFL of all time was horrible in the NFL. I thought as soon as he got back into college, though, as soon as he left Sanford, one, the fact that he got the second NFL job after Philly didn't work, it's like, wow, yeah. San Francisco, giving this guy another chance, sure. Um, but to go to UCLA right after that, I'm like, year one success. I thought it would be right there for him. Yeah. And then it took a little, it's it's taken yeah, a few years to UCLA's get there. UCLA's odd, man. UCLA's a place where, I think UCLA actually has some similarities to Auburn in, in, in some ways. I mean, it's not Auburn's not in this big city, but then you you know you got you got USC that's right there, right? Right. You're not that you're competing you're, with you know, all you're the time. Competing with them all the time, and, um, but it's in a place where you know you got it's a talent rich area. If you you know if you get the players, you can turn it around. I, I think a guy like Chip Kelly, man, is you know, and we talk about all these other people, but people are scared of the baggage that people like Hugh Freeze have, and and, and maybe even Lane Kiffin, you know. Uh, Chip Kelly doesn't really come with any of that kind of stuff. You know, he just he just didn't cut it in the NFL. I mean, that's that happens. It happened to Nick Saban. So um, I, that's a name I haven't heard a lot. But personally, if I were looking at it, um, that guy would be. Brent, I haven't heard Chip list. Kelly one time. No, I haven't either. And I tell you, I, I don't hate it at all. Um, I, I don't know if he could. He's never done it in the South, and that's going to raise some flags for people. It doesn't raise as many for me. Um, but How would you respond to that, Eric? You're no, trying that's a to fair sell. Point. Yeah, we got to. We gotta, I mean, we're going through that right now. That's a fair point. I, I, now, I think this is a guy that comes with a lot more credibility. Yeah. Um. And and he was a hell of a recruiter at all at, at Oregon. Now he, uh, granted, he's got that Nike machine behind him, but still, um, he made Oregon into a, a powerhouse. Like you expected them to be really good every year. So I, I mean, that's a great point. You know, we I think we could use some guy who's got some Southern ties, but I think he's a person that could figure it out. Yeah, I, I think with. When you're looking at a guy who can come here and recruit, I don't need a guy who has experience, like definitively a Southern guy. You don't need that, but you need a guy who understands what he's up against in recruiting. Chip Kelly, I mean, at Oregon, like you said, he had the Nike machine, but he did turn Oregon into a recruiting powerhouse when they were not before. Um, At UCLA, he has kind of built something up there. He's turned... Dorian Thompson Robinson from a okay quarterback into a really really good one this year so you know he can develop guys if he could come here and be at a disadvantage early and kind of close the gap for Auburn between the the likes of Alabama and Georgia and get back ahead of the Mississippi schools and and Kentucky and places like that which is very doable uh, and kind of equate himself to LSU Florida and Tennessee from a talent perspective I think that yeah, if you can if you can tell me that Chip Kelly can close that talent gap, then I would absolutely buy into Chip Kelly. We've run out of time here in the second hour of the program. We're covering the bases with Eric McDade. When we come back, we'll talk more Auburn football, potential coaching replacements. If Auburn were to move on for Brian Harson, and it's the third Saturday in October. You know what that means? Tennessee's taking on Alabama. Can the volunteers get it done? We'll talk about that coming up here on Sports Call. Two hours in the books, and we're rolling. Two hours of Sports Call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. 
Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Second hour of Sports Call getting started right now on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Brant Daughtry, Brooks Childress, and we're covering the bases with Eric McDade right now from Eric McDade State Farm. Drive with Eric.com for all of your insurance needs. Talking about everything going on in the world of football uh, for the Auburn Tigers and across the college sport as well. Tons of amazing NFL storylines, but let's focus with college football right now. So, big week coming up. A lot of big matchups being played, including uh, Auburn and Ole Miss. It's big because we love Auburn nationally. No one's really going to care about the outcome of this football game. We've got Penn State and Michigan, 5 versus 10. That's a big battle there in the Big Ten, yeah, fellas. That'll be fun. I tell you what, if Auburn wins this game, it's suddenly a national It's national news because unranked Auburn has beaten yeah, number 9 Ole true. Miss. Which, again, even though Auburn has the, that six-game win streak against Ole Miss right now, that'd be a big deal. That's certainly not what everyone's expecting. Yeah, six in a row, 11 of 13 victories over Ole Miss. Auburn has dominated the series against the Rebels over the last 15 years. I mean, over over the last over its history, I think Auburn's 35 and 10 yeah. all-time against Ole Good Miss. Good run, yeah. yeah. Gives Auburn a better chance to get Lane Kiffin if we win. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Because if he just if keeps going 10-2 and 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 losing to Auburn and Alabama, yeah. he's going to want to come to one if, of if, them. If your best team can't beat the worst Auburn team, then maybe you're in the wrong place, man. Come see us, man. We need you. Does it make more? Does it make it more complicated though to make the coaching change? That's what's so difficult about this. Yeah, but I still think at the end of the year, I, I think the decision's been made. I really do. I think it's been made. Yeah, the, writing, the writing's on the wall, yeah. man. Everybody can see it. This is wild. It is. It sucks. This is wild. It sucks. Because the players want to win. Absolutely. And, and they deserve football. to. We are trusting 18 to 22-year-olds out there on the field. There is a world where Auburn absolutely dominates Ole Miss on Saturday. Has. There's a world history. that that happens. Absolutely. And then what happens? I don't know. What I don't know. I still – I. St- I still think he's. Is there a world unless Auburn Auburn just wins this game like fifty six to nothing? I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. Are you going to let me finish my answer? Because I didn't right there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Is there a world where Auburn wins the Iron Bowl this year? Yeah, because you've got to go out there. You got to play the game. I mean, these are all Division One. Tuscaloosa. These are all Division One college football players. I tell you what, I'm not a betting man, but if I was, I would not bet any money on it. But they do walk to Tuscaloosa. If they won? If they win. Yeah. <laughs> There's no world where that happens. No chance. You got to go out there and that's play the sad. game. Listen, the you got to go out there and Nick play Saban the game, and that's about do, the man. only good thing Auburn has going for it in that game. You know, Nick Saban's going to bury you when you – he's going to kick you when you're down. That – I will never forget the way they sent Gene Tizik out of here because that was, what, 49-0? Yes. Yeah. I'm, that's what I'm looking to see. I, I, I just don't – I mean – and Alabama isn't even Alabama this year, but um, I, I think that one's going to get ugly. That's no world where Auburn wins. I, you've seen weird stuff happen. I am not predicting Auburn to win that game. Yeah, 
I'm trying, yeah, because I know the I'm Obviously, forty nine nothing is is a. It was a brutal time. It was forty nine nothing. I, I, yeah. Oh yeah. It was pretty bad. Oh yeah. Do you remember who started at quarterback for Auburn? In twenty, was that Jonathan Wallace? Was he starting by then? He did start okay. for Auburn. Did they His, play Clint Mosley and Barrett? Was it wasn't Barrett Trotter? My guy. Uh, Kyle Frazier. Kyle Frazier. Kyle Frazier went zero for one passing in Good. that Iron Bowl. Jonathan Wallace, twenty twelve Iron Bowl. 5 of 14 for 71 yards and two interceptions. Yeah. Jonathan Wallace would move to wide receiver the next season. Auburn, in the 2012 Iron Bowl, had 163 yards of offense. I would have thought less, honestly, because that 2012 Bama defense was insane. Alabama had 483 yards. They were taking it easy, I would reckon. Is that a, Was uh, Greg McElroy still there? A.J. McCarron. A.J. McCarron. Yeah. Tough. This is un- – after that game, I had the audacity to get on Facebook <laughs> and I posted that Auburn was going to win the 2013 Iron Bowl. And everybody laughed at me. They were like, you are insane. I would have said the same thing at the time. Why did you post that? I, I love it too much, man. Yeah. I love it too <laughs> much. I don't know. Did you post that to get more of a reaction or because you posted that to make yourself feel better about what you had just witnessed? Probably a little bit of both, both? you know. <laughs> and a little bit of uh, insanity, a little bit of irrational confidence, man. I, That's I, what being a fan's all listen, about. Listen, man, I, you know, I just sat here and said there's no way we're going to beat Alabama. But you would walk to Tuscaloosa if they won? Yeah. Of the Iron Bowl? You think it could happen? Are I'm you going to talk yourself talk into it? Myself into it. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. It's the Iron Bowl. Should Auburn have won it's last a disease, year? man. No, it's, we definitely should have won last year. No, 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 no. I know. I know what happened on the field. Right. The game goes to four overtimes. Auburn gives up the late touchdown to Corey Brooks to even force overtime. It's ten three going into the Iron Bowl. Should Auburn have won that game? I mean, I thought we had a chance, man. I always, especially when we playing at home, I always feel like we have a, a pretty good chance, man. That's a tough game to play in. I, I was, I felt like our defense could hold up in the game. I actually felt like going into the game, if we had, if we'd had Bo Nix, I probably would have picked us to win the game. But, um, yeah, I mean, on paper it didn't look like it, but I mean, I've I've seen I forgot it about Bo Nix. enough yeah, times. Yeah, never mind. That's Bro, not a fair question. Snap, snap yeah, his ankle I, in half. I, I've yeah. seen it enough times to just to. Never. Bonex can win that if game. You got Absolutely. I, th- I think if Bonex starts Auburn's that game, Auburn wins it. Yeah. yeah. I've gone. I've gone on record saying but that, and it it doesn't matter at this point. But uh, it yeah. doesn't matter. But I think everything we're talking about will feel a little bit different had we won that football. Absolutely. Game. I think. I, it, mean, I think it feels different if Bonex just doesn't get hurt because I think you still be. I think if Mississippi State goes the way it should and Bonex is out of that game by middle of the third quarter and he never breaks his ankle, I think you finish that season nine and three because you beat Mississippi State like you should have. You beat South Carolina like you should have, and you beat Alabama. Yeah. Them was the breaks, man. Yeah. I'm sorry. It, it happens, but breaks. that's the way it goes. Like Bo Nix's ankle. Yeah. What, so was Texas A&M before Mississippi State? Yes. Yeah. It was the game before. Auburn should not have lost that game. That was A&M, A&M was just so good defensively last year. Still should not have lost that game. I had, they should have. A&M was the better A&M team. was good last year. A&M was really good last year. Should not the, have lost The better that game. team. The better team, especially A&M on A&M's defense nothing. to Auburn's offense was significantly better. That game in particular, though? Yes. There was nothing impressive about what Zach Calzada was doing. No, not at all. I mean, they, it, they, it, they to put lose up, to that quarterback, and now the irony that he's now – 
an Auburn student athlete. Well, yeah, here's the thing. I, that was insane. Here's the thing. Auburn's defense was really good. They limited that offense all day long, but you can't limit an offense forever. You can't you can't put your defense out there for 35 minutes of a of a 60 minute game right. and expect them to or 40 minutes, however long it was. There was a discrepancy in the time of possession because eventually your defense is going to get worn down. And Zach Calzada didn't have to do much because that defense that A&M had was so much better than Auburn's offense last year. Did really do any? They just had the scoop and score. They did I'm, have the scoop and score, of. and they held Auburn out of the end zone for most of that. Auburn put up – it was 21-7 was the final. Something like that. So 24-7. Can I, can I switch it up real quick? However you it. want. What, We're covering your bases there. What are, we, what are we thinking about Bama, Tennessee? That's where I wanted to go, so yeah. well done. I – 20 not, to 3 was the final 20 to, score. 20 to 3. So Zach Calzada got in the end zone one time. Or Yeah, there was two field goals and one touchdown. That's all they needed for, out of that offense. Mm. Um, Tennessee and Bama. I, I'm still picking Bama, but the fact that Bryce Young is not going to be 100%, still, still may not even play. Um, I, I'm starting to buy into Josh Heupel at Tennessee. I didn't want to, but I'm starting to. I think I think this is the best chance Tennessee has had since 2009. Uh, Texas A&M, yeah, looking at it, they did not have a, a uh, single offensive touchdown last year. Oh, they year. didn't? It was in a uh, four field goals, that fumble return touchdown, yeah. and they went for two on that okay. touchdown. Fair enough. Alabama and, and uh, Tennessee, though. This has got to be the year. If there is a year, this has to be the year. This feels like the best this chance for sure. This has to be the year. Has to it be. doesn't have to be because they're going to play next year. But it has to be the year. I hate when people say that because it it's not true. it has to be the year. I, you're wrong, but go ahead. For for the first time, this has to be the year. We all day we all day by day, man. We can't we, next year is not promised to us. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. He's fifteen and zero against Tennessee. Yes, he is. They're down bad. They've been down bad for a long. They're time. They're down bad for a long time. Is it fifteen and zero? Yes. Yeah. Since since they've been got there in 08, they have not beaten them. That is crazy. I yeah. saw something earlier this week where, like, Alabama fans, oh seven, I don't know, were not able to post on social media, or Tennessee fans were not able to post on any social media platform that they beat Alabama. Yeah, ever. That's that's rough. They weren't sending eye messages when they beat <laughs> Alabama. You know. Yeah, man. I mean, they. It has to be the year. There's been a lot of not close games in that rivalry, man. And I, you know I what? still remember the the Cody block field goal. That was crazy. That was early on in Alabama's dominance. dominance. This has to be the year. It's and you know be. what? What's up? It's not going to happen. You don't. You don't think? No, so? Alabama's going to be fine. What if Bryce Young doesn't play? Fine. They beat him with Milroy quarterback. Yeah. I just I gotta see it. That's the, we haven't seen it, you know. And I just I think that if if this is how I see it going, if Milrow plays from a Tennessee perspective, oh this is it, this is it. It's gonna happen. Jalen Milrow's starting at quarterback, and then I just see a letdown coming. I don't think so. Because I think it's gonna be the second week that Milrow's the starter. I don't think he'll have the turnovers that he had last week against Texas A and M. Hendon Hooker is really damn good. He's real good, man. And he's really damn good. Maybe it is the year. I, Maybe I we're going to so be hearing Rocky Top a lot. Play. I, I mean, as should soon as, he play? As soon as I saw him get hurt, man, I was like, this looks like a three, four week injury. Sports go so, I, I personally think that Milrow's going to start. And uh, you know, they they forced it. They forced him into some turnovers last week. 
And, and I think Tennessee, man, that 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 that, that atmosphere is going to be crazy. I, I'm not saying I'm picking Tennessee to win. Um, I'm never going to get on this radio station and pick Alabama to win. <laughs> um, but I think it's going to be an interesting game, man. And, and, and this is probably Tennessee's best chance. Now, who would you pick to win? Time. Is your is your thoughts? Truly contingent on who plays quarterback for Alabama. One hundred percent. If you get an eighty to ninety percent, Bryce, Bryce Young, I, I think because you don't see a world game. where we get a one hundred percent Bryce Young for this game. No, he's not going to be a hundred percent. I saw that injury a couple weeks ago. There's no way he's going to be a hundred percent. And if he's still on a pitch count, like they say at practice, I just don't think that he's going to be anywhere near a hundred percent. Do you so think I he think, plays again this year? Yeah. Okay. I think it, I mean I don't know what their schedule looks like, but I think they're gonna take it easy this week. Um, it, I, I, you can, I don't want to say you can afford to lose games now, but if they're gonna lose a game, right? They can they could get over it. So I think um, I think they take it easy with Bryce this week and go with Miro. Miro played pretty well outside of the turnovers last week. Um, I mean that sounds crazy, but uh, I think you can clean. That's what that people were saying about T.J. Finley though. Yeah, but uh, yeah, you know, Melrose uh, and TJ Finley, two different quarterbacks. But that's now. exactly yeah, what they Miro's. were saying. They were saying, "Hey, outside of the turnovers, TJ Finley played okay." Yeah, but J- but Jalen Miro brings something else to the game that TJ Finley didn't. I wasn't Finley, trying to compare so the T- quarterbacks. This is what TJ Finley is, right? He's a game manager who, if he doesn't manage the game and turn the ball over, then he's nothing. He's nothing. Miro is he's a dynamic player, so you can live with some. So of the he's turnovers. Robbie Ashford. Oh, he's, yeah, he doesn't turn the ball over nearly as much. He, but he's he's. He can be a special quarter. He can be what Jalen Hurts was. Have we had enough Jaylen of a sample Hurts. size for Robbie or, or for Milrow? Because we have. Hey, there's been yeah, way more yeah, of a sample size. You have. There's been way more. I'm not start. trying to compare to the quarterbacks. Yeah. I'm saying we've had Style way more of, of a sample size of Ashford than Milrow has been there. No, Milrow. Milrow We're talking about a million different things right now. Is a guy who can be. Like, I don't think – I think when Bryce leaves next year, I don't think they'll be too concerned because he'll be a good enough quarterback to get him through next year. I, I think yeah, he's that I, good. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm anxious to see more of him. He's shown me that – I mean, he looks like a young guy. He looked like a young guy in his first college start, you know. It, yeah. it just it, He made some really good plays, but he also made some really poor decisions. He did. So well, He uh, made some special plays. That, he that's did. the thing. He did. And, and he made some special plays in some critical moments. So, you know, I like to see that. And he came in. Milrow, and it wasn't you're even, Yeah, some, not, not just last week when the he started. The Arkansas play. Arkansas. Arkansas when he busted off back. that long run when they needed it, right. when Alabama needed to play. I was like, yep, that's a – So, I, I mean, I think There's a gamer. But, yeah, on the road at Tennessee this week, it's a big test for him. Um, so, listen, I, I don't, like I said, I'm never going to get on here and pick Alabama to win. <laughs> but um, Number three, Alabama. Number six, Tennessee. 230 Central on CBS. 6-0 and Alabama. You know what, 5-0 Tennessee. I'm going to do it. Yeah? Tennessee 31. Alabama 27. Do you know what the line is? What's the line? What, what would you think the line would be for I, this game? Alabama, say Alabama by uh, four. Minus three and a half. Alabama minus seven really? right now. Okay. Ooh, I need to get in. <laughs> <laughs> get in on that. All right. Let's go to the phone lines. 887-3401 to be a part of Sports Call. Who's up? Keith from Auburn. Keith has called into the program. Hey, Keith. Hey, everybody. How we doing? Doing well. Fantastic. What's up, Keith? Uh, good deal. It's sun shining down here in Troy, Alabama. These folks are getting ready for uh, homecoming down here. There we go. Well, we're getting but, ready for uh, this big Alabama and Tennessee game, as you've been hearing. Oh, they play this week? Yeah. Yes, sir. 
I, I'm just kidding. I know. Third Saturday hey. in October. You knew better, Keith. You were kidding. <laughs> yeah, I did. Hey, uh, I was a little shocked at the line uh, being minus seven, Alabama. Yes. I, I think Tennessee. Tennessee's got a, a, a very good football team. I, I think they're what they're doing. They're playing really well right now, and that's a big key. Um, you know, and, and they're home. Uh, it's a game that worries me a little bit. I, I'm just going to be honest with you. I, I think top to bottom, Alabama's got better athletes. Um, but, you know, it all hinges on uh, Bryce Young. And, and you know, I, I think the word I got was that Young could have played last week if they had to have him. Uh, and I think they elected to set him completely to give him another week to rehab that shoulder and, and heal that shoulder as best that it, it can be before they, uh, you know, before the Tennessee game. Um, it's, uh, I, I tell you what I saw, uh, and, and, and I don't know if you guys may not know this or not, but Nick Saban has went on record saying that uh, Jalen Milrow is the best athlete he's ever coached. Pure athlete. I like the now, guy, man. That's he, saying a lot. I mean, he's got he's got some wheels on him. He got some special. But here's talent. the thing: I, I tell you what, I saw last week against Texas A Texas A and M uh, is Milrow wasn't throwing the ball; he was trying to place it. And, and as a quarterback, when you start trying to place the ball, you get in trouble, and you know you don't make good throws. Uh, uh, whereas you, you've got to be 100% confident in the throw that you make and step up into the pocket and deliver the football. Uh, I just saw him uh, several times. It looked like I, I said, he's just he, he's just trying to place the ball. Yeah. And, of course, you know, they were some ugly throws in there. I, I will say this. Uh, you know, the old saying is you uh, from your first start to your second start, you really improve a lot. So, you know, I agree with you, J.J. I think if he plays, or um, I don't think he turns the ball over like he did, uh, especially fumble-wise. Uh, I think, you know, yeah. I think he got pounded in his head that he's got to put two hands on that football in traffic. Uh, I'm not saying he wouldn't turn it over through through the air. Uh, but 12 of 19 passing, 111 yards. Three touchdowns, one interception, did lose two fumbles, as we're talking about. So Jalen Milrow accounted for three turnovers for Alabama, but 12 of 19 passing for 111 yards. Not the greatest yardage in the world. Three passing touchdowns, one interception. Yeah, but here's what you're going. Here's what you'll see happen. If let's just say Bryce Young doesn't start, Tennessee's going to put eight in the box. And they go to make Milrow throw the football uh, to beat them. Absolutely, they're not going to. They're they're, they're going to try to stop Alabama from running the football, and they're going to put a, a a spy or whatever you want to call it on Milrow, and they're going to play man coverage out there on them receivers, and they're going to say, "Okay, you're not going to run it on us. You're going to have to throw it to beat us." Uh, you know, with with Milrow in there, and the question is, can he do that to win the game? Now. I hope that's all hypothetical because I hope Bryce Young starts the game uh, and he's, you know, healthy. 
I, I don't believe Alabama – I don't believe Saban would play young if he's not healthy enough to, to play the game. I, I really don't. Uh, I, I will say this. If he is healthy enough, here's the other side of that, too. Uh, you know, one good hit. And if it goes down awkward and lands on that shoulder, it may be over with. Yeah. Because yeah, so you just that, don't know because you're not, you're not letting him get touched at all this week in practice. Right. So, you know, and Bryce is pretty good about, you know, most people don't get, defensive players don't get a clean hit on him. Uh, not to say that it wouldn't happen, um, you know, because anybody can fall awkward, uh, you know, after they're hit. Uh, and that's kind of what happened with, with Young against, uh, I think, Arkansas when he got injured. So, but the, the last thing I'd say about that, as much as this game worries me, um, Bama hadn't played very well this year. Uh, you know, they, they struggled to beat Texas on the road. They struggled to, to, to uh, hold on to, to beat A&M at home. And then all the naysayers come out and say, well, they're not playing well. Tennessee's playing well. That's the type of rat poison that Nick Saban takes on his self to say, okay, this is our opportunity to show everybody that we are a top three team and we can win this game that a lot of people don't think we have an opportunity to win. So uh, I think it's a toss-up. I, I really do. I, I mean, I, I've got to go to Coleman this weekend, and, I, you know, I've tried to figure out every way in the world to get out of doing that. <laughs> but, but it ain't going to happen. But, uh, you know, them them kids' birthday party comes over uh, Alabama a football game. But uh, no I promise denying you, that. If, yeah. I if I ain't got a, 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 a television tube in front of me, I'll have a radio. But I'm hoping where we're going, uh, they've got they've got a television, so we'll see how that goes. But yeah, I think that's uh, going to be quite an interesting ball game. Um, you know, there's there's a lot there's a lot of good teams in college right now. You know, you, you look at the tiers they call it. You know, you, your Ohio State, your Georgia, and your Bama right now. Tennessee's knocking on the door, being in that top tier. I think they're that good. They struggle a little bit on defense from time to time. But my gosh, that offense. That offense is, so is insane this year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it really is. So, you know, uh, Kool Aid and, and, and them guys back there in the secondary for Alabama better get ready. And I don't Hooker's think he's going to be throwing the ball uh, a lot. I don't think he's thrown an interception so far, has he? Nope. Correct. That's what I, that's what I thought. So it'd be an interesting game, guys. I just wanted to call in and, 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 and touch on that. Um, you know, I, I I wish Auburn best of luck in uh, Oxford, but geez, I, I just don't know. I, I think Kiffin's got a pretty good, a decent football team. I, I don't think they're a, uh, a top five football team, but maybe a top ten or twelve. But uh, Auburn's got to do; they got to play really a lot better than they're playing to have a chance to win that game. Um, but you know, that's the old mystique. You know, they how many they won in a row? Six, Auburn. Six yes, in six row, in a row against Auburn. Ole Miss, and they've won eleven of thirteen. Yeah, I just don't think Auburn's got the talent uh, to do that this year. We'll I may find be out. wrong. I may be wrong, but anyway, listen, guys, thank you so much for uh, for taking my phone call. Uh, it's a beautiful afternoon slash evening. Uh, I'm gonna set out on my front porch and and uh, drink an adult beverage of my choice and uh, enjoy... Uh, As you should. There we go. Minutes of daylight. So anyway, guys, take care. Y'all do a great job. 
great listening to you. Have a lot of fun when I do listen. And uh, y'all guys keep up the great work. All right, that's our buddy Keith from Auburn joining us there on the program. 334-887-3401. Had Anthony on the line a moment ago. Would love to hear from Anthony on the show right now. Alabama and Tennessee. And the quarterback question is so interesting to me. Jalen Milrow or Bryce Young? Because he's right. If if Bryce Young, because he was healthy enough, you know, Alabama saying maybe we'll start him, maybe we'll start him. Everybody's so shocked when it's Jalen Milrow that goes out to take the first snaps for Alabama against Texas A&M. So he's, you could have played him, but then now you've got this pitch count scenario that we're hearing about in practice this week. So what the hell is the status of Bryce Young for this game on Saturday? And if he does go out and play and practice this week, you're not letting him get hit at all. So how does he respond to that first hit? Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing. You, you never let quarterbacks get hit in practice Ever, anyway. Yeah. Um, so how do you know how he's going to respond to a hit? You don't. Well, I mean, you hope that he responds the same way he's been responding. You know, that's that's the thing. You hope that the kid doesn't change who he is and that when he goes out there, he's healthy enough to say to take that hit and go, okay, I'm fine, let's play football. That, that's that's what you have to hope for. And if he's not 100% and he lands on that shoulder and it does rip something up, then you're in a bad spot. Is Alabama going to win? I think if Bryce Young is healthy enough to play effectively, then, yeah, I think they win. If he's not, it suddenly gets a lot more interesting. But I think it's going to be a good game either way. I think Alabama by seven is the line, assuming Bryce Young is going to start. If Bryce Young is not starting this game, then I think that line moves to, I don't know, Tennessee by three. Yeah. that It has that much of a swing for me. If he starts? If he doesn't start. Okay. If, if Milrow is the starter for Alabama, I think the line moves to Tennessee by three. If Bryce Young is a starter, Bama by seven. I think the I think the Bama by seven line is assuming that Bryce Young starts this game. Mm-hmm. What do you think? No, I, I agree. Uh, Bryce Young starts. I, I I think I would lean towards Bama, um, but if he doesn't, I think that's a tough environment to go, ask Milrow to go in. Hundred thousand, fifteen and zero. You got a team that's like prime to beat Alabama. I think that'll be real tough for Milrow. I I thought his stats were actually better than that last week. I didn't realize he only. Only 111 yards. Um, he, he like he, he did make some. He bad had three passing touchdowns, but um, then the two fumbles and a pick. Yeah, I, but I, like they say, I mean, you usually improve a little bit between that first and second start. I mean, we saw it with Robbie, right? He played much better against LSU than he did against Missouri. Now I think they took some of the handcuffs off him against LSU, but um, and then we saw what we saw at Georgia. But that's just Georgia. But that Georgia's going to do that uh, to everybody. Yeah, going to do that to everybody, right? But I, I think Milro will be. A little bit more comfortable like Keith said he was out there kind of just trying to place the ball I, I think that just comes with not understanding the speed of the game at this level you know it, it, it's it's different you can do get all the practice reps you want man but a little different when uh, those SEC athletes are flying around out there but I think he'll play a decent game if he plays but uh definitely gives Tennessee a, a, a much better chance of winning Hendon Hooker is 98 of 140 on the season passing that's 70 percent of his passes are being completed 1,432 yards 10 touchdowns no interceptions he's also ran for 250 yards and three scores time to go have your Heisman moment my guy yeah. he can't I mean he will yeah. me if he beats Alabama and plays well 
His, he, his Heisman the odds the are going to skyrocket. He's at the top of the list if he beats Alabama on Saturday. C.J. Stroud's still doing amazing things for Ohio State. Yeah, it's, I still got oh, C.J., but yeah. Ohio C. State is had, just – He hadn't had that moment yet. Yeah, he's just yeah. very quietly dominating people right now. Yeah, you got to have that moment. And I think, you know, Hendon Hooker going out there and getting it done for Tennessee would definitely uh, get him a lot of attention for sure. For sure. Uh, who are some other Heisman guys? We talked about C.J. Stroud there for a second, but I mean, is there anybody else? Because I mean, Bryce Young is—it's—it's it's impossible to repeat because once you've already won one, then no one wants to talk about no you anymore for you anymore. Yeah, and I mean, him going down is, it, it has really yeah. hurt him. Uh, I mean, we talked about uh, we talked about UCLA earlier. I mean, DTR is, is having a pretty good season. He is? I mean, I don't think that's going to last. But yeah. Right I need now, to see that. I, I need I to see them CJ against Stroud, Oregon sure. and USC. Uh, Caleb Williams has been special. Caleb this Williams, year, yeah. He's, you know, he's showing why he was uh, highly touted. Uh, yeah, that's about it for me. I wish ever, I, I think I, I think everybody wants to see because for Bryce, yeah. Also, it's Alabama. We haven't had a back-to-back Heisman Trophy winner in quite some time. Only one ever. And for Bryce Young, I mean. If you wanted to go back to back, you got to play in games like that could be held against you. You do have to play college football to, to win to, the Heisman. You know trophy. what I'm saying? Very and well. So uh, yeah, let's see. Let's see what happens. So let's see. I don't know. I'm just so excited to figure out the outcome of this Alabama versus Tennessee football game. Three three four eight eight seven thirty four zero one. Anthony from Auburn. Anthony has called into Sports Call to say hello to us. What's going on, Anthony? Man, I tell you, you know, everybody want to know what the outcome going to be and this and that. And don't think Alabama's going to be up for it because they're playing in Neyland Stadium, the house that General Neyland built. And Holland Body's going to be uh, this kind of atmosphere. Let me tell you guys something. I want you to learn something. I'll give you a little history lesson if you ain't never had one. Alabama has a reputation for playing on the biggest stages of all of college football. They met that old school Texas in the, in the Rose Bowl. They met them in the Cotton Bowl. They met those mighty Nebraska Cornhuskers in the Orange Bowl. They met the uh, USC in uh, uh, California, in that uh, Coliseum. They've met everybody you could possibly want to meet. A 18-time NCAA World Heavyweight Champion, a 24-time SEC World uh, uh, Southeastern Conference Champion. They've been in more bowl games than any team in the history uh, of college football. have had two of the greatest coaches of all time, the 20th century being Bad Bryant being the greatest coach in the 20th century and Saban being the greatest coach in the 21st century. Let me tell you something. you got a man – that has won seven uh, national titles, uh, seasoned veterans. He knows how to get this team together. Now, I know you ain't got, they ain't got the number one man at quarterback that they might would like to have, but you can lean heavy on that offensive line. You can lean heavy on that running game. You can go to a short passing game, hitting tight ends and receivers on five- and ten-yard routes, playing mighty, mighty good defense, being sound in those special teams. And the fans that do travel, hollering and crying, hollering and crying, roll tide all day and all night long. Tennessee ain't beat Bama in probably 15 or 16 years. Uh, we ain't worried about Tennessee. They, I mean, this might be the best team they've had since Phil Foreman was in town in 96 or 97 when he won the uh, championship. They looking good. But, you know, I think they'll probably crack and break somewhere. Now, we ain't nobody worried about Tennessee or nobody else in college football. Bama is what it is, what it's always have been, and that's just what it is. Uh, I'm going to win this game. It might not be pretty. It, it may be uh, a little ugly. But all they got to do is take care of business. You got three phases in that game. And then when you throw in the cheering and hollering and crying, that's four phases. And uh, maybe Bama might need to be an 85% player uh, come uh, uh, Saturday. 
You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Maybe need to play over the head a little bit more or something. You Anthony, know, that's, so a, we'll find, that's we'll a hell of a motivational speech, my guy. But I'm going to tell <laughs> well, you what, man, some of that stuff ain't going to help him out on Saturday. Well, I tell you what, you know, you know we'll find out what it's going to be. You know, uh, everybody went through the strength conditioning program, everybody eating nutrition program, everybody drawing up plays on a chalkboard. But I tell you what, uh, you know, when people believe in each other and then you uh, got that man next to you counting on you to, to do this and you're going to do this and you ain't going to let him down and you're going to give it your best and you just ain't going to quit. And it's going to keep going and keep going no matter what. And then uh, when, the, when the final thing sounds, all you need is one more point and the other team got. That's all going to ever count. One more point. What's the score? And I believe it's going to happen. Give, give huh? me what the score going to be, Anthony. Give me I ain't worried about a score. We're just going for a win. One we ain't worried point. about how many points. I ain't, all you need is one more point and the other team got. That's all you ever need every week. Are you saying there's one. 100% chance Alabama wins? I'm going 100% tired all the way. Wow. I mean, why would, why would you go against the tie considering their track record? Even though they might not have the number one man at quarterback, you can make adjustments. That's coaching. You can make adjustments for, the, for this guy at Miro. You can make adjustments. You can change some things up, simplify some things, and not have him do so much. I'm going to tell you something. I like uh, that Tennessee offense, Anthony. That Tennessee offense wait, 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 is special. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, but Alabama's going to be all right, saving the, the defense of a wizard here, Hamlet. Look here, let me tell you something. I remember when uh, Southern Cal came to Auburn for the first time, and they had Matt Liner starting at quarterback. Yeah. Pete Carroll and Norm Childs stated after the game, we had a guy that we were starting for the first time. We did not know exactly what he was going to do, so what he decided, Norm Childs decided to do, lean heavy on the running game and went with a short passing game. And I think you guys, I don't know if you guys were around or were or old enough to watch a game at that time, but if you go back and watch the, the game, you, you'll see that uh, <laughs> the game plan that they had worked out. And I remember Mike Williams, that big old wide receiver they had, got out there and raised that. He didn't even look back. He just raised his hand up. When he threw the ball, he just grabbed and pulled it down. Never even looked at it. And uh, Anthony, you know, uh, Anthony, let me tell you the difference between that? that Auburn team and this Tennessee team. That Auburn team wasn't good. This Tennessee team is really good. It may be. We've had a lot of good Tennessee teams over the years. No, we have but not. I, you know what? I, maybe not in your lifetime, but I'm talking about maybe throughout the course of the other. Oh, uh, yeah. But not since Nick Saban got there. Not, not lately, but it, throughout the course of Washington. Nick Saban is 15-0 and zero against listen, Tennessee. Listen. And that's yeah, not that's all because Bama's really good. Now, Bama's been but really yeah. good, but it, a lot of it's because Tennessee sucked. Well, that's true, too. I mean, that's football. I mean, you don't, I mean, it ain't his fault that they weren't able to do what they need to do. Correct. I mean, we can't know, hold that against them. Can't hold it against them. But like I was saying, I've been watching Alabama football since the uh, late 70s, guys. You know, I was watching goal line stands when Alabama and uh, Penn State met in the Sugar Bowl in 79. I've seen the 78 and all that Woody Hayes and those people. Well, you guys weren't even born, weren't even around. I don't know if your parents were born at that time. Maybe, maybe not. I don't my know. Parents yeah, were alive in were, yeah. Yeah. My parents but, were alive yeah, in 78. Hey, I've been watching yes. ball since then. And, I, I remember and Eric I is older than us, man. <laughs> but, uh, Eric's been around the block. Tennessee may be uh, this and they may be that, but at the end of the if the guys go out and play their ball, do what the coaches ask them and give 100% every time no matter what and don't quit and just keep on going and making adjustments and fight it out, when, it's, when the final uh, horn sound or blow or whatever, you got one more point than what the other team got, that's all going to matter, period. I mean, okay, so what, what if Tennessee has one more point than Alabama when the final horn but sounds? Then, then Tennessee will be the winner of the game. They'll move on and keep on playing ball and, and then try to get on in that Southeast Conference Championship we game. Want, we want you to call back when that happens, now. Hey, I ain't got no problem calling back because, see, I'm a man of my word. I can call back and I can tell you if Tennessee beat them or dogged them out, I ain't got no problem with admitting that. But most people can't. See, you, you can't even uh, say Alabama might win. I mean, you're scared the little Auburn people are going to get you or whatever they might do. I don't know, but uh, – 
I can call in and I can tell you. I said earlier, I think Alabama's going to win because Tennessee's going to be worried. But I'm going to go with Bama. I mean, why not go with Bama? You didn't dog them out for the last 15 years. So why why would I want to change all of a sudden now just because Tennessee got a good team this year? I've seen a lot of great Tennessee teams over the years, in the, last, in the past uh, uh, 40-some years or, or whatever, uh, 45 years, however long I've been watching ball. But, uh, I mean, that's just what it is. I mean, you know, you can be good, but if the other man just won't quit and determine to win, he can beat you. I mean, you know, you can get to smelling yourself and the other guy will uh, whip you at some point as the game goes on. I mean, you know, <laughs> so, Brian gave a speech. I tell you what, when I get through talking to y'all, you can go on YouTube and you can look at that uh, freshman speech that he gave about that 85% player that got that chalkboard and say that's that's the max. Well, the maximum bill is 100, percent but most people play at 85. But when you get to smelling yourself, you might drop down to 75. But if you play, Anthony, you little, Anthony, I'll tell you I, right now, I'm not going to look up a Bear Bryant speech after this show. Well, you ain't got to, buddy. But I will tell you this: I believe Bama going to win. I'm going with them. If they don't win, that's going to be fine too. I ain't going to cry about it. I ain't going to be sad. That just be what it be. But uh, they can still make it to the uh, playoffs and all that good stuff. So one loss ain't going to hurt. But I'm going to still be all right. But I will tell you this. Auburn University ain't got a chance of going to a bowl game nowhere this year or next year. I guarantee you that. Now, how much you want to put on that? We'll go to a bowl game next year, but I, I think you're You're right not going nowhere year, next year. And I'm going to tell you why. Because this year's in a dumpster. <laughs> We're going to beat Alabama and, uh, next year. Recruit, recruiting is not going to be any better. I don't care who y'all hire after you fire this turkey. Uh, recruiting, I mean, you called this man a turkey. That's, that's gonna mess you up for next. You year. called him a turkey. It, it, it may be three or four years before they come out of, out of this. I mean, just I mean, just think about it. You had nineteen. Hey, hey Anthony, what what happened the last season. time? What happened the last time Auburn w- had a really bad year and fired its head coach? Uh, when they fired, uh, uh, what is that, Tuberville? Uh, uh, what, what happened? What happened when Auburn went three oh, and nine yeah, and fired Gene Chizik? You, you brought in Gus, and Gus turned around and, and had a. You uh, played the uh, national uh, championship game the next yeah, sure year. Won the sure. SEC, played in the national championship. Yeah, but hey, what well, the thing he did. It doesn't win take it. four years to get out of it. Well, he didn't win it. He didn't win it. But times are different <laughs> now because uh, hey, that was then. This is a whole new ball game now, man. I mean, cause it's college football, a, Anthony. Which is why Tennessee. It's actually it's actually easier. To come, to come back faster because you got the transfer rules now. Well, you can get in the transfer portal. You can get junior college. Play. You know, I was going to call y'all the other day and, and mention that if I was going to be recruiting anything when the new coach come in, I would hit the uh, junior college heavy and the transport, uh, transfer portal real heavy and probably not even worry about it in the high school. That's revolutionary. Uh, That's this, about this, the only way we're going to get this, out of this. This, uh, yeah. this first year or so, we might not even worry about no high school players for a couple of years. Just do that to, for a quick fix and then go back and, and uh, rekindle those relationships in that high but uh, Auburn, like I've been telling y'all for years, been losing, losing, recruiting. When you see the, the cream of the crop at Central Phoenix City goes to Bama or either they go to uh, Clemson or LSU and get those big old national championship rings and do the same thing out of Auburn High School. When you can't get that, you're not going to get anything else across the water or, or going into Canada or, or West Coast or, or up the, uh, I don't think Auburn's ever, ever had a recruit from a different country. I'll, I'd be interested to look yeah, at that. Then they get a, did they y'all have a field goal kicker, a punter that was from Australia? No, yeah, we do have punter. We, we've had a couple of punters in a row from Australia. We've had a couple of okay, uh, offensive linemen from uh, Nigeria yeah, as well. That's, that's what I thought. Our left tackle's from Germany. You're right. My but bad. That's from, that's from across the water then, ain't it? You're right. You're right. <laughs> yeah. But it's going to be exciting. No Canadians, I don't you know, uh, people are always looking for Alabama to get beat, and that's all right. I mean, that's just what it is. I mean, when you're the best there is, there's ever been. Heavyweight champion and, uh, of the world, man. People want you to get out of the way. They want somebody new. I mean, I would like to see somebody new sometimes. I mean, it gets boring seeing the same team beat, beat everybody down and win it all. That ain't no fun all the time. You going to work you know or saying? you going to work out today, Anthony? I'm going to work today. I missed my workout today, but I'm going to get it tomorrow. 
go in that crunch fitness and work out a little bit and check out some of them good looking women they got up in now <laughs> and everything. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that makes the workout on, you're go to real. Be focus on your gains, not the women. Now, Anthony, come on now. You gotta focus on the gains. I tell you, man, when you got women working out, that makes a workout go good. Testosterone flowing, energy, a, a good positive vibe. That workout will go real well. I tell you, I'm, I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so it's good to hear from you, man. Hey, I appreciate it, fellas. I'm gonna be calling y'all back Monday. We are gonna discuss uh, whatever happens this weekend. There you go. Be good, man. Get different, or however you want to feel about it. That's what we gonna do. I appreciate it. All right, that's our buddy Anthony from Auburn joining us on the program. He loves to work out, uh, talk about his workout regimens and motivation, and uh, yeah, Alabama football, man. Auburn, Ole Miss. I just, I all over the board. Like I'm, I'm not going to say anything. Some good testosterone. <laughs> I'm not, I've got probably go in there and bench 450. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Man, this has been fun. Eric, thanks for coming oh, by, brother. Goodness, man, I appreciate it. Always man. good to cover the bases. Drivewithericcom Be sure to check it out. That's right, Brant. Yo. Good to see you. Good to see you, man. Thanks for having me. All right, that does it for today's show. Thanks, everybody, for being a part of the show. Thanks for all of your phone calls. For Eric McDade, Brad Daughtry, and Brooks Childress, my name is JJ Jackson. Thank you, and good day. Good day.